Hey guys, welcome to WDWNT Nerd Alert. I'm your host, Joe Hogarty, and joining me tonight is Jack McCarthy. Howdy, folks. And Fedrak Chris is off. She just got back home from Chicago, and she's taking a breather, but uh, she'll be along, hopefully, for the next episode. Anyway, so what we're going to do tonight is, uh, what are we going to do? I guess we'll go over some news. I mean, we'll go there's over been a news. few things happening in the world. That's true. I'll also go over the next chapter of the Nerd Alert Files, which I think should be fun. Do, 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 do. <laughs> uh, and also, I, I did want to remind you guys, again, if you like our podcast, just let WDWNT know. If you don't like it, let them know. You know, just email them and uh, say what you think, you know, because maybe we are annoying. Maybe we need to go or maybe you love us and we need to stay. I don't know, you know, but uh, it'd be, always be nice if uh, I, I respect all opinions. If we suck, we suck. If we're excellent, we're excellent. <laughs> anyway, okay. so for a change, I got my drink. I was telling Jack before the podcast started that I did a podcast on Rusted Junk. We did Scrooge, and we all had drinks. And I had a Mexican mudslide by Chi-Chi's, and it's basically rum with chocolate, and it tastes really good. I don't like, you know, I'm, I mean, I'll have beer, but it's got to be really cold, you know, and it's got to taste really, really good. <laughs> and I've got Dr. Pepper Zero. What, which like, is my what, beverage of choice. Well, what's your favorite drink? Would you say? I mean, like alcoholic. An alcoholic drink? Um, I would probably say my go-to is Captain Morgan and Coke. Okay. Or, I mean, there's a very good uh, vanilla rum I've had called Shipwreck. Um, that you could drink on its own on the rocks or, you know, mix that with Coke as well. Um, but yeah, those, those are the two I like, but, uh, more often than not, if I'm out, I'll get a Captain Morgan and Coke. I used to, again, when I lived in New York, I used to drive over to Brooklyn and hang out with Jack and we used to go, what was that bar that we used to go to? Um, uh, Skinflints actually, I believe it's still around. No, I don't think it was Skinflints. <clears throat> um, cause that's, so didn't that one guy work there at Skinflints as like a cook? Oh, uh, yeah, that, yes, that was Skinflints, yeah. where a friend of mine uh, cook, was the cook there. Yeah. Um, but I think it was also J.J. Bubbles, and that's Yeah, that was it. There. Yeah, we used to go to J.J. Bubbles, and Jack would play darts, and I would kind of hang out. And I know you used to like peach snaps, you know. Oh, that was, that was the 80s. Everybody liked that sweet stuff. And you used to drink the Blue Whale. I think he's well. Yeah. No, I like the slow gin fizz. I, I like the, slow gin fizz too. Yeah, I forget I like, who drank the blue whales. Uh, yeah, it was kind of like I liked all the. No other way to say it. Pussy drinks, you know. Uh, well, a, like I said, mid eighties fruity drinks. Everybody drank them. Yeah, I'm more into like like pina coladas and like when I go when I would go to the Bahamas or something like that. Oh, it was so nice. Just laying out by the pool and just having a nice cold pina colada. Nice memories, nice memories. Anyway, so um, I did want to say, and I've been hawking this like for a couple of weeks now, 
my nephew surprised me for Christmas and he sent me this package and it was humongous. And I got it into my house and I opened it up and I started to sideshow collectibles on it and I freaked out. You know, I couldn't imagine what was in the box, you know, because you know, it says sideshow collectibles. You can't, it's got to be something. It's either going to be hot toys or it's going to be a statue and you don't know what character it's going to be. And it ended up being Superman. And, and not just any Superman. Yep. It, it was the Christopher Reeve Superman. It was, uh, what is it, a like quarter scale Superman? Like, he's yeah, 21 probably, inches. I think it's a quarter scale. Yeah. <clears throat> and it's beautiful. I, I love it. It's like, I never had a statue before. And I was, it's it just the detail that went into it. And it, it's funny because I go online now and I watch like a lot of YouTube videos. And when I watch a lot of the reviews or people's opinions on this one, they hated it. They hated it so much. And I was like, really? You know, because they didn't think it looked like Christopher Reeve. They felt like the prototype that they released first to get people to do the pre-orders was way better than the actual product that came out. And, you know, I could see little changes and all that, but I think it looks pretty damn good. I think it looks pretty close to Christopher Reeve. I, I mean, I've seen other ones that look even closer, but it looks pretty damn good. The suit looks perfect to me. The body looks amazing. The cape is really cool. I keep fooling around with the cape, like, cause you, it has wiring in the cape. So you can kind of like put it in all directions. Like uh, you can have it flat or you can have it blowing in the wind. And I have a spotlight over it. And every night before I go to bed, I just stared at it for about five to 10 minutes. And I'm like, this is so good. Oh my God. <laughs> I just can't believe I own this. I, I never thought in my life I would own a hot toys or not a hot toys, a sideshow collectible. And Jack, on the other hand, he's got a ton of statues. Like you have a whole room dedicated to it, right? Well, I mean, I've got, I've got a whole room kind of, yes, but uh, they're not the size of the sideshow. I mean, as I mentioned on a show before, I used to collect, uh, the Bowen Designs Marvel statues. And those are all, it's like a fudged one seventh, one eighth scale. Um, so your typical statue is about 12 inches high versus, I think you said uh, the Superman was 19 or 21? 21. 21. I don't have room for that, but I used to like the Bowens because. They were good size that you had the statues that were anywhere between 12 and there's a few that hit like 17 or 18 inches. Um, but I also used to like the Bowen busts uh, because you can get a lot of different characters <clears throat> and they're only from the waist up. Uh, so they're all about six inches, maybe five to six inches. So you could get a lot of them and they didn't take up a lot of shelf space. That's so true. Uh, that's most of my collection are the busts, but I have the major heroes in uh, full size. Now I remember seeing your Thor bust, and that looked really good. And I know you have the Silver Surfer. That Silver Surfer one looks like a statue. Like looks pretty big with the surfboard. He's the Silver Surfer. The Bowen Chrome Silver Surfer is one of the most eye-catching pieces around because a lot of times they do the painted kind of silver and it's not the same, but uh, 
they released the Chrome one and mm. the Chrome is, that's what people, that's what catches people's eye when they walk in the room, you know, cause the light hits it, boom, it's shining so, everywhere. So you got a mixture of Marvel and DC. Do you have any Star Wars? Um, well, I don't have DC. I, I'm really a Marvel guy. Yeah. Um, I have some of the Star Wars busts. Uh, they're a little bigger. They're one sixth scale. Um, so they're a little bit bigger, but I find I, I kind of started getting them, but I kind of weaned off them for two reasons. Um, gentle giant will announce a bust and it doesn't come out until like a year and a half later. So I, I there was one I ordered an Ahsoka one that I kind of forgot it was, it taken so long to come out. I forgot and just showed I up. ordered it <laughs> and then it showed up. Um, well, it must, must have been a nice surprise, though. Yeah, it was a nice surprise, and because that was one of the nicer busts. But the quality of them are hit and miss, I think. Um, like, they just cannot get Carrie Fisher's appearance down. Uh, they've had a very hard time. I think there's only one where she's in the dress from Bespin, that red dress. Uh, I think that was the one with the best likeness of her. But they've got a lot of one, a lot of them, and they're just, they're just off. Um, same thing. I have one Harrison Ford that looks like him. Um, I passed on all the others because they were just off. And the same thing. They have a very hard. They have a very hard time, uh, especially with the you know, the big three in Star Wars. You know, they can't get. Carrie Fisher right they can't really get Mark Hamill right and they have a very hard time with Harrison Ford so I kind of went away from those I, so think I, have, I think I have about maybe six or seven of them so I'm assuming you didn't see the the J&D studios Indiana Jones and Henry Jones thing that I no, I, I haven't caught that yet you sent me the clip I haven't watched it yet oh my god hey, you guys if you were listening Type in GND Studios, Indiana Jones, and just watch the video. It looks so realistic. Holy crap. And I think it's, uh, what is it, like after a quarter, it's a third? I think this is a third. And it's uh, it's both of them. Like, Henry looks just like Sean Connery. He's just spot on. And I think Harrison Ford, you know, or Indy looks like Harrison Ford. I, I think they look amazing. The only thing that... I mean, I now that my my nephew got me this statue, that's all I want. Like I always thought I wanted hot toys, but then you're on a slippery toys, slope. I now, am on a very slippery slope. <laughs> it's it's been a very the hot toys have been a very hard temptation for me, and I've stayed away from them because um, those those look. It's frightening how how realistic those look. Their heads look really realistic. My problem with them, though, is well, they're smaller, and they're also they're like action figures. You know, you could move them, and I don't like the aspect of you like moving limbs and all that. I like statues. I like where it looks like a work of art. You know? Yeah, but I mean, their their clothing on those things is such top notch job that you can you can get them and you can pose them any way you like. And they, they just look fantastic. And for me, that's the perfect size. You know, that like 12 inch size. Mm 
is great because that fits on your standard bookshelves and you can get a number of them and display them however you want. And I've, I've stayed away from them. I know if I buy one, I'm a dead man because no, that's I, it. it's going to be like, well, you know, um, Thor needs Captain America next to him. And I was like, well, I have Thor and Captain America. I need Iron Man. You need a Hulk. <laughs> and you know what? Yeah, you got to have Hulk. And wow, that Scarlett Johansson one looks beautiful. Yeah, yeah. You know, and next thing you know, I've got a whole. Next thing you know, you, you get Nick Fury and Maria Hill. <laughs> well, Kobe Smothers, I always thought it was gorgeous. So, um, like I said, it, it's if I buy one, I know I'm in trouble. So I've just stayed away from them because I have enough with my Bowens and. Bowen has been out of business for a while, but uh, I really got to look those up. You've seen what I've been doing. I've been uh, painting figures, and that's really uh, I've been getting three D scans, uh, STL files, having them printed, and painting it up. So I've been filling in the holes on my uh, Bowen collection of characters he never got around to, and uh, like I said, that that's been a lot of fun too. No, it is, I mean, and so from what I understand from what you told me. So you go on the internet and you look for a bust or a statue that you're interested in. And then they send you like the key for it or. Uh, well, basically you the download file? the file. Um, it's if you want to take a look, uh, just go into Google and put in 3d space STL Marvel. And you'll see all the types of, statues you get printed um what they do is they design these files of digital sculptures and you can get them printed any size you want if you want a six inch statue you want a 12 inch you know you can go for it uh, the only the only risk is as you keep getting the statues bigger and bigger you start to lose the detail it softens um but like I said, considering my stuff is fitting in with the Bowen sizes of that pseudo one seventh, one eighth scale, um, you can get a pretty small digital file and still retain some nice detail. So, um, and it doesn't break the bank. No, it does not break the bank. Um, you're basically getting a statue or, or a mini bus. That's what I've basically been doing. Um, like I said, to fill in the holes and, um, like a six inch mini bus will cost you like 50 to $60 typically to have it printed. And, you know, towards the end, the Bowen bus were all getting very close to $100 each, you know, granted those were painted, finished and painted. But, uh, if you like doing models, it's a lot of fun. They, like you get to fit it. I mean, I've I've gotten a Red Hulk. I've gotten a Sith. That, that Red Hulk came out really good. I saw a statue of the Red Hulk. Yours is better. <laughs> well, thank you. Because you you actually painted the veins purple, you know. And this one, it was mostly just red. And I, and I think it was like from Sideshow or something like that. And I was like, damn, Jack did a friggin' better job than these guys did. So, oh, well, thanks, Joe. <laughs> that is high praise from you. Usually I show him things. He's like, yeah, that sucks. 
Well, yeah, I told you the last one I didn't like. <laughs> but that's hard, though. That's the whole thing. You even said before you started it that you were going to, he got Adam Warlock. He was going to have trouble with the paint for the face and the hair. And it's not easy. No, getting the colors right. And even though I went with one way, Mr. Hogarty here did not like the direction I went. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's it still looks good, but it probably looks, again, from what I see, I just see pictures, probably looks really good in person. Well, he's a, he's a tough character because gold is not such an unnatural color. You don't see someone painted yeah. gold. And, like, even in Guardians of the Galaxy, here it is, you have the makeup specialist. He still looked kind of weird. I didn't like how he looked in Guardians either. Yeah, and that that's, you know, how he's described that his skin is gold colored, you know, and his hair is, you know, blonde. Uh, my take is he's sort of uh, an orangey skin tone and the hair I did with the gold with uh, the same kind of orangey color dry brushed over it i think he looks good but you know well you even look at like when the movies come out and you see the costumes that they come out from some of them come spot on and then you got captain america that drove me crazy for like 10 years that they could never get him right as far as i was concerned where you like if you go to sideshow and you look at a bust of captain america that's what he should look like he should have the chain mail on his chest you know, and the big star on his back, a big, big, big A on his forehead, the little wings on the side. You know, it's like, how hard is it? But that's the whole thing. I think a lot of people are like, well, that's a comic book. I want to put my own style into it. No, I want it to look exactly like the comic book. The Spider-Man costumes, I would say for the most part, they always look pretty spot on or they look pretty damn close to what we recognize him anyway. Not on Toby McGuire movies. I hated that. I, well, That's coming from X Men, because X Men came out before that, and then Spider Man came out. That looked pretty damn good, as far as I was concerned. Well, back in the day, it was all we had. Yeah, exactly. And then when you think about the Hulk, the Lou Ferrigno's Hulk, <laughs> I mean, that was a mess. Oh, the Ang Lee one was even worse. I thought. Well, the Ang yeah, I would have rather seen Lou Ferrigno back in his crazy Hulk Afro hair. <laughs> I remember I saw an episode uh, as Mr. Rogers and Lou Ferrigno was on there. And so was uh, uh, Bill Bixby. And they were, they brought him onto the set of the incredible Hulk. <laughs> it just was so bizarre. And he was like, uh, <laughs> do you usually have green skin? And he's like, no, Mr. Rogers. <laughs> you know, it's like, this is paint. And I wear a wig for my head. And that always bothered me, too, because he had green hair uh, in the Incredible Hulk show. He had black hair in the comics. And uh, I don't know. They could have made him look so much better. But anyway, but this this whole hobby is so damn expensive. Like, yes, my it is. My nephew spent like $600. And if, if shipping was included, that's, what is that, another 50 bucks? Shipping is never included. <laughs> well, no, I'm saying that, you know, if I'm including also adding shipping to it, uh, but this, that Indiana Jones thing, that's $3,500 for the set. And there were so many like that. Like, and what I also find funny too, like I was saying, like a lot of people had problems with the Christopher Reeve statue that I had. They didn't like the likeness. 
They didn't like that there was a seam on the side of the neck. And then I go and look at every view and everybody has a complaint about every single statue that comes out. So that made me feel so much. Oh better. yeah. It's like, well, look at this seam over here. Did they really have to do that? I don't like the way Batman's looking over here. Why is he on this grave? It's like Scarlet Witch just doesn't, you know, pose that way. It's they're all sticklers. They're all super nerds that they and that's another thing too. They must they don't live in mansions. They live in apartments, but they must have about $100,000 worth of statues like in their little cubby hole, which I, I just don't understand. Uh, again, it's, it's such an expensive hobby. And I was kind of like looking for, it's like, well, can I get a companion piece for the Superman statue? Maybe you get a Batman. It's just expensive. It's just so damn ex- I I think if I was going to get a companion piece, I get the Michael Keaton. But here's the problem, folks. He's, for the first time in his life, Joseph Hogarty is considering uh, $700. That's pretty reasonable for Michael Keaton. No. <laughs> no, the Michael Keaton one, I think, was like $400. Uh, oh, actually, you know. Oh, well, you're right, though. It does get expensive because even with the Bowens back in the day, um, like the Thor statue, he's 17 inches tall. And I think it was $180. And towards the end of Bowen's run, uh, because he wasn't producing as many of the statues, uh, he had put the price up. Um, and like I said, the full-size statues started going for like $300 each. So in a matter of 10 years, the price doubled. Uh, in fact, it even got higher in some other ones. Um so yeah, it got to be an expensive hobby, and you know, I I found that even towards the end of his run, I could only buy so much. I'd buy more busts, and if I had to get a full size statue, it was it had to be a damn good one, and they, a character I didn't already have. They have so many good ones too. Like they had this Batman statue, and it's it's I don't, it's. Maybe it's half scale, maybe it's a third, but it's him standing in the middle and all of his villains around him, you know, and it looks so good. And it, I don't even know what the price is, but it's got to be astronomical. Uh, and they, they have a couple like that. I guess they have one Wonder Woman like that. I don't know if they have one with Superman. And that's what I was going to say. I want to ask you this question. Who would you say has the better rogues gallery, Batman or Spider-Man? I would say Spider-Man. I would have to agree with you. <laughs> I mean, because Batman is still, you know, he he's a he's a person. You can't put him against, you know, people with so too many superpowers because on a toe-to-toe fight, you know, he wouldn't last long. But if you put him against, you know, that sort of conniving, diabolical sort of guy like the Joker or the Riddler. You know, at the end of the day, it comes down to a battle of wits um, or even Bane. It's a matter of just sheer muscle versus muscle. Mm. Um, but Spider-Man's got some very out-of-this-world villains. Uh, you have, you know, the Green Goblin who flies around, who's basically a joker with superpowers, you know, who's super strong, super fast. 
Uh, you have Doc Ock, who's going around with these mechanical arms, destroying things. Even though I could see Doc Ock as a Batman villain, though. Yeah, I could see because that. Because it's like technology. It isn't a super power. Um, but then again, you have Electro shooting out thing, uh, lightning bolts from his fingertips. You know, you have Venom, of course. You've got, you know, the lizard. Yeah, you got Vulture. The Vulture. Yeah, exactly. They're, the Spider-Man are a lot more uh, fantastical, more fantasy-based. Yeah. And, and that's why I used to love collecting Spider-Man, because he'd always have a good villain in his comic. Mm-hmm. It, it was never a throwaway villain. Uh, but, like, yeah, Batman's got a lot, too. Like, he's, again, his big one is the Joker, but he's got the Riddler, the Penguin, Catwoman, like you said, Bane, uh, Clayface, uh, Killer Croc. There's just so many that he has. Yeah, that- I think Killer Croc is the closest Batman closest spider-man villain in batman's rogue gallery who is that uh in craven's last stand there was this creature in the sewer oh yeah vermin the rat guy oh that's what he was he was a rat guy yeah okay yeah now he kind of reminded me a little bit of killer croc because he hung out in the sewers and yeah or what was it um man bat that was another Yeah, Another supernatural type creature in Batman's role gallery. I I didn't like him. (laughs) I remember he was the first episode of uh, Batman, the animated series. And I was like, ugh. But uh, no, it's just amazing when you look at. Well, again, when I'm looking at the statues and I'm looking at all the villains that Batman has and all the villains that that Spider-Man has. And they have awesome villains. And you look at everybody else. Superman. He's got Doomsday and Lex Luthor, and Lex Luthor I never like because he's just a human. He's just like a rich guy, you know. Doomsday is just, you know, like the Hulk. Um, Oh, yeah, Brainiac. Brainiac I never liked. I just never could get into him. They tried to push him on us so many times. I hated Bizarro. I hated Mr. Mixaplex. Who was the other one uh, who had the – he was steel and he had the kryptonite heart. Um, oh, the Kryptonite Man. No, but he wasn't called a Kryptonite Man. He was called. I, I remember him being the Kryptonite Man. That yeah, he was a robot and he could open yeah. up your chest and. No, he was called something else. I, I forget who it was. But you know, you know, like, Parasite it, was also a fun villain. Eh, I never liked him either. Okay. Uh, I mean, the the villain, my favorite villain was Zod, but it, he basically became popular because of the Superman movies with Christopher Reeve. Cause he, he, I think he was in there maybe once in the comics and uh, you know, it was like maybe like in the forties or the fifties. And then all of a sudden they use Zod and Superman, the movie and Superman two. Yeah, and they now kind, of him a little... kind of almost like a supporting cast member. Yeah. But he is cool. Cause he's got all of Superman's powers, except he's evil. You know, that's, that's a, that's a very good foe for Superman. Where again, Lex Luthor has got a lot of money. <laughs> you know, <laughs> to me, that's not a, a big foe. But anyway, I just like w- again when I looked at all of the the characters, even the X Men, they don't have that. You got Magneto, you got you know Mister Sinister, Apocalypse, and then it goes downhill from there. I think you know. Yeah, uh, the X Men have a pretty good cast. You're you're limiting yourself there a bit. 
Well, or what villains? Don't say well, Mojo. I hate him. No, Mojo I never liked. But you have the Juggernaut. Yeah. You have the Sentinels. I never liked the Sentinels. Oh, they're cool. And stop. I, I hate the, They're the Terminators. They're in every, almost every statue that I've seen. The Sentinels are in there. I think they're just overused. You have Sabretooth. Sabretooth, yeah. That's you have Mystique. Yeah, she's a villain. She's, you know, until Jennifer Lawrence got her, you know, she was a villain. Now she's sort of as just part of the team. Yeah, you anyway. Had, you had Pyro, which was the counterpoint to Iceman. So you get that fire versus ice. Um, the Blob, the Blob. who's always good for a good laugh. <laughs> He's better in the comics than he is was in the movies, but. You know, the blob was pretty cool. And then you have the Hellfire Club, which is just a bunch of rich guys who are who happen to be mutants and just want to run the world from behind the scenes. Well, I guess you have Dark Phoenix. Well, I mean, they've been around for longer than just the Dark Phoenix, but that, no, was, I know. that was their peak story. And no, I but I'm saying she, she's a good villain for them, even though she's kind of half and half. Well, one of one of their own. Yeah. You know, they they're they're always holding back because, you know, they know it's gene inside. Anyway, so I, I was just curious who, who you thought the better rogues gallery was. And I, I 100% agree with you. It's like, you know, I think Spider-Man's villains are way cooler than Batman's. And I think the Joker is is way overrated. <clears throat> well, you know who my favorite rogues gallery is, so you shouldn't have to guess too much on that. Oh, really? Is it the Fantastic Four? Uh-huh. Uh, all right, let's go over that one. So, <clears throat> Oh, come on. Let's go. <clears throat> You've got Doc Doom. You have the Scrolls. You've got the Frightful Four. You have Galactus and the Silver Surfer. I'm just going to turn around and look down the list. You've got all the different Heralds. You have Annihilus. You know, you have the whole Inhumans crew, you know, and a lot of the FF, the FF was the book to watch in the 60s because between issues kind of like the mid 40s to like 60, like Kirby and Stan Lee were just firing out these characters that were just incredible and they've spun off through the years you know within within that 15 issues you had silver surfer and galactus you had the black panther um you had a major crossover was a black where, panther he was a bad guy when you first uh, came um out? it was the start of what's now the trope of you know heroes meet up they don't understand each other they fight and then they reach an understanding and then they become allies you know back then that was a whole brand new thing but uh nowadays it's just sort of a standard formula but i mean they had they had run at oh and the inhumans too were in that stretch i mean the ff was the book to watch you know plus you still have the side characters of you know the mad thinker the puppet master you know Puppet Master. Puppet Master and the Toy Maker should hang out together. Uh, 
I don't know. Puppet Master would screw you up a lot more. Oh, Puppet, no, I agree. The Toy yeah. Master would just kill you, but the Puppet Master would just screw up your life completely. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, you make a good point. I still think Spider-Man villains are, are yeah, But But Spider-Man has... I would, I would guess it, it's close between Spider-Man and the FF for me, as far as the rogues galleries. I think what's ruining Spider-Man, well, there's so many things ruining Spider-Man now in the comics, but I think that's what's really kind of killing him is all these multiple Spider-Mans with the Spider-Verse and all that. I, I think that they, they, they won't stop because it's popular, but it it's just like kind of dumbing down his identity or of, of who he was. I think I think it's more like it's just watering down That's what I meant watering down what a Spider-Man is. I mean uh we had Peter Parker, then we had Miles Morales. Now oh, we had got, you know we had Ben Riley before that. Right, but but that's just it. Now Ben Ry Ben Riley has been replaced by Miles Morales and Ben Riley's a straight up villain now. Um, but how many, there's several different spider women. They now have spider boy. Who's an even younger version of miles Morales. Yeah. I've seen him. Uh, it's, it's just, it's, it's too much, but the same way. I mean, I, I feel bad for anybody who has to follow the X-Men because half of, half of Marvel's books are all X-Men and, you know, honestly, I like the X-Men, but I can't keep up with them. Yeah. And then you always have the question of how many teams can Wolverine possibly be on? <laughs> you know, he's like, like every book is like, come on. Again, the X-Men were great in the 90s. I loved when they had two different X-Men teams. Like they had, I guess, Cyclops and was it? Cyclops and Jean on one. I know Wolverine. No, I think it was Cyclops and Wolverine on one. And, and then Jean they had Storm, Storm on and, the other one. Yeah, Storm and Jean were on the other one. And and those were two different comics that I could collect. You know, like where I, I like both of the stories, I like both of the teams. But then they, they that's the whole thing. They get greedy. It's like where it's not only do they introduce like new superheroes, which is fine. And if they take off, great. If they don't take off, just kill them, you know? But that they make like multiple versions. Like how many? I heard there's like I knew there's X twenty three as like a female version of Wolverine. But now there's another female version of Wolverine. I think she's. I, I'm probably wrong with this name. Uh, Jessica Howlett. Um, she, you know. It's, well, I, I mean, there's X twenty three and her younger sister, who's also just another cloned out of the same material who's younger and the two of them had a team up book as sisters well actually x23 had the book and her sister who goes by name honey badger <laughs> oh I, I heard honey badger you know and but i have to say that book that book was actually pretty good for a while that's a good um, name but once they brought wolverine back from you know he was dead for about a year um was that when he was encased in? Uh, he was encased in adamantium or something, and yeah. um, but when when she was Wolverine, um, it wasn't a bad book, you know. 
because they're putting their attention into her. Wolverine came back and then, you know, the, the quality of that book went down real fast because who wants to write X-23 when you can write Wolverine? Just mm -hmm. because comic books. Yep. All right. So let's move on and let's get into the Nerd Alert files. Dun, dun, dun. So when we last left you is I kind of went into before we even started the podcast. And now I'm going to get to where I got the green light from Tom and we could start the podcast. <laughs> so it was uh, basically I was in charge of everything. I was in charge of putting it together, recording it, editing it, coming up with the topics, coming up. And he still is. <laughs> and I, yeah, and I still am. I'm impressed with that. You know, it's not easy to come up with all that stuff. Uh, but I'd always come up with something. And if I didn't, sometimes I, I, I think I asked you a couple of times and you came up with some ideas too. But it, it's fun. But, so he picked out two people for me that he felt would have worked well with me. And it was Patrick and Ron. And they were both nerdy guys. They like comic books. You know, they like Marvel movies and all that. And uh, so I was excited. I, I knew Patrick because I heard him on the podcast and I thought he was very good. Like he, he's been on another podcast. He's been on the main WDWNT podcast and he had around the hub. And uh, he was a real professional. You know, like he, you can tell when you listen to him, like he just knew what he was doing. And Ron, I, I didn't know too much about. Um, so we had a meeting and all that and we kind of discussed what we we're going to do and i said i know you guys are busy i'm going to take care of everything you know i just want you guys to come on you know and it's honor an honor to have the two of you on you know and just you give me your thoughts and everything and you know i'll kind of ask stuff to you and uh so that's what i did so so the first podcast that we did it was like two hours and then i started editing it and i was using again i was very green with how to do podcasts and recording. I was using the microphone from my computer, you know, which was horrible. And when I listened to it, you could hear Patrick and Ron clearly. You could not hear me no matter how much. And it was two hours. And I tried to increase the volume, even though like we record with one track, not three separate tracks. So I'd have to find my voice. And every time I found my voice, I had to increase it really loud. And it was taken so long. And so I told Patrick and Ron, and I said, I don't know what to do. I said, it sounds horrible. I said, you guys sound fine. I sound really bad. And, you know, typical with a lot of people, you know, first they didn't get back to me. Then eventually, you know, so I, so I went to Tom and I, I said, well, what do you think I should do? I says, because I can't hear myself. I don't want to put this out as a first podcast. I don't want to have these guys to have to record the same show over again because I don't think that's fair to them. And he says, just don't air it. And he goes, uh, you know, you know best what you think is good. And he goes, and I've it's happened to me before where I've done a whole podcast and I thought it sucked. And I was like, well, I'm not going to put it out. It's just not worthy of it, you know? And so I told the guys and they, they weren't too happy, you know? And I said, well, I got to make a decision and I just think it's, if this is going to be our first podcast, it's just going to sound horrible, you know, and I apologize. So I got a, a really good microphone 
for when we did the next one. And I decided to, the, the new topic was going to be our favorite superhero movies are, you know, and it didn't matter if it was Marvel or DC or whatever. And uh, so, you know, we came up with a top 10 and we each had our favorite superhero movies and then I incorporated clips into it. And if you guys go back and you listen to it, it sounds really good. It, you know, cause like, I know we, we had Superman, the movie, we had Spider-Man two, we, you know, like all the movies, uh, Avengers. And I'd always try to incorporate a clip to make it so that the listeners could listen to and re be reminded of, of the movie. And so it was finished. I thought it came out pretty good. I edited it and I said, you know, and I asked Tom to listen to it and, you know, he said, he goes, I got to tell you, he goes, you never did this before. And I was like, no, he goes, I'm impressed. I, he goes, this sounds like you've been doing this for years because this is probably the best podcast I've ever, I've ever heard from a first podcast. And that was, that made me feel great. And again, you know, like once you, you learn tricks and you read and you watch YouTube videos and you try to get better and better. And that's what I tried to do. So, um, but it was funny because like, if you go back and you listen to the first ones, I didn't want to confront them at all, you know, because I was like, you know, I, I, when you're on microphone, you don't want to sound like a jerk. So I would disagree with them with some things and instead of like outright disagreeing with them i'd be like that's a very interesting take i never thought of it that way that's really cool <laughs> you know it was just you're i was using just, office speak yeah i was just kissing ass big time and that probably went on for like maybe 12 podcasts <laughs> ever you know where i just would like never say how i feel like uh you know, like if they say, oh, I hate Superman. He's the worst superhero. You go, well, I couldn't understand that, you know? And then just one day I just lost it. I was like, what are you out of your mind? You know? <laughs> and then after that, I, I just never changed. You know, it was just a lot of times we would agree with things, but a lot of times we would confront each other. And that's always the best. It's never good when we all are just like patting each other on the back. It's like, yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah, that's, you're right. You're 100% right. You know, let's give every movie a 10 out of 10. You know, nobody wants to hear that. They, they want you to be yourself. You know, even if they don't like you, they want you to be yourself. And that's what I thought too. It's like, even if people don't like me, at least they'll like the other guys, you know, and they'll come back and tune in to me. And maybe there is people that like me and think like me and, they're like, well, I, I prefer Joe's views, you know, over Patrick and Ron's and all that. So, so that, that was fun. Um, <laughs> but then after a while, it wasn't so much fun. Uh, and let's see. Well, well part of the pro, I, I did want to say, I, I like Patrick. I think he's, he's, if there was a Mount Rushmore for the nerd alert, he would be on it. <laughs> <laughs> You'd be on it too, Jack. I don't know if I'd be on it, but I, I'd put you on it. But he's good. He's a professional. Like prior to this, he had a history of being a an announcer for a Connecticut Wrestling Federation. So he he knew his you know how how to talk. He knew how to how to emote when he spoke. You know he was you know and he just was very professional. I thought I loved having him on there. 
as long as he was in a good mood. Yeah, and then one day, <laughs> one day this, Zach McCarthy came on a podcast. No, it wasn't you. <laughs> no, we used to have an email chain going on. Right. There was like about eight of us. And I remember specifically bringing this up. It was when they made Captain America into a Nazi, you know, and I got pissed. And so I had to share how I felt about it. Oh, I think it was, it was before that. No, it was it was that. I remember specifically it was that. And because um, this is how it went down. So, you know, I said, this is BS. Because at that point, too, Trump had just become president. And Marvel was anti-Trump. You know, they wanted to be like, well, he's a new villain now. So let's turn Captain America into Donald Trump, you know, have him. And, you know, they had it in the comics as it went on. He would say fake news. He'd put the press behind bars or have them executed. You know, you know, he built a border around the United States. Uh, it, it just was ridiculous. And again, I I was always a Republican, and my views are. I think I said this the last time. I, I like a strong economy, a strong military, and a strong stock market. You know. And then there's other people that have other views, like like if you're into social issues, which again, uh, you know, I'm in favor of all that, but it comes lower than those other three. So that's why I always associated more with the uh, you know the Republican Party. Not that you know the the Democrats do pretty good with the stock market too, but it's just that I'm more into lower taxes than uh, you know higher taxes especially when it comes to the stock market with capital gains anyway. And, you know, and I was a finance guy too, accounting finance and all that. Um, so little did I know, I didn't know that, that Patrick had was not a Republican and he was probably as not a Republican as far as possible, you know? <laughs> um, so one of my friends on, on the email list, Andrew, said something like he goes well what do you figure with these liberal pansy writers and then patrick just kind of lost it you know and it got ugly uh, i won't say what happened but it got ugly so you know again i i hung up hung out with patrick a few times called you know i would call him every now and then so i called him you know because first during the email thing i says look guys you know let's calm down it's just a comic book you know, and I, I called him. I says, everything okay? And he says, because, yeah, I just don't like, you know, that he called me a liberal pansy. I, I said, no, he didn't call you a pansy. He said the writers were pansies. Was, That's not how I saw it. And I said, well, no, he goes, just, you know, he, he wouldn't do that. I says, but I says, I do kind of agree that they're putting politics into, you know, Captain America, and he represents America. <laughs> you know, he should not be turned into a Nazi. And uh, and so I told him, I said, I personally think it would be a good idea if you just apologize to him. And he says, never, <laughs> because I'd rather you fire me, you know, than to apologize. And I says, really? I, I said, I don't want you guys to be mad at each other. And so I said, all right, why don't we just end it here? You know, I'll just the conversation. And go, so, you know, couple of weeks later he emailed me and he goes am i fired as now it's just forget about it just move on from it 
but I will admit I was a bit of an instigator. <laughs> I just didn't like how that went on. So like we would bring up topics and a lot of times he wouldn't want to discuss topics because it was too political, but that's what Marvel was doing back then. And it, and I called it a long time ago, you know, and this was like during 2016, they were replacing all of their core Avengers, either killing them off or retiring them, or they were losing their powers and replacing them with either women or people of color or some minority or something like that. Cause like you had Captain America was replaced by the Falcon. Uh, you had Thor, Jane Foster, you had, uh, you just go through the Avengers. The Hulk was, uh, the Korean Hulk. Amadeus um, Choi. Amadeus Choi. Uh, <clears throat> Hawkeye had, uh, Kate Bishop. Uh, Wolverine was X-23. Cause they, they killed Wolverine off at that point. I think like they encased him, like we said, uh, every, every superhero, Iron Man, uh, Riri Williams, you know, it, it was getting ridiculous. It was just so obvious what they were doing. And I would bring that up and he would say, I don't want to talk about it. And I said, well, what are you going to do when we're talking about it? And he goes, I just won't be on the show, you know? And I said, well, dude, I want you on the show. You know, it's like, you, can't you just defend your position? He goes, no, I don't want to talk about it. You know? So, you know, after a while we, you know, I, I, I guess I started to resent him for that. And then one day, um, I think, you know, I was on Facebook. And again, I didn't love Donald Trump. I thought he was a jerk, like all the tweets that he did that probably was taking a crap on the bowl, like at three o'clock in the morning. And he just had to constantly tell everybody what he was thinking. It just pissed me off every time he would tweet something. Um, but I didn't think he was the monster that the press made him out to be. And I don't think, you know, he was the worst president that we had in Hitler. I don't think he was as bad as or worse than Hitler, you know, which like so many people said, you know, he's just, I, I thought he did good things. I thought he did bad things. Let's just leave it at that. I didn't think he was perfect, but I didn't think he was the worst president we ever had. But anyway, um, they, they were, they were always making, the press were always making fun of him. They always looked trying to get him impeached or whatever the hell. And then they went after his son, which I thought was wrong because the kid, I know he didn't want to be in the white house. He was just a kid, you know, but they started making fun of him and, and saying they thought he was autistic, autistic, you know, and that there's something wrong with him. And I just wrote on Twitter. I said, I think Rosie O'Donnell said something like, you know, that they really need to have that boy checked, you know, but Donald probably won't do it because he's embarrassed of his own son. And uh, I was like, I can't believe that she said something like that. It's just a kid. You know, it's like, if you want to attack the father, attack the father. Don't attack this innocent little kid. Because he was an innocent little kid at that time. He was just a teenager. And uh, But then I had said in the email chain, uh, we were talking about uh, Kevin Smith and his daughter, Harley Quinn Smith, that she said uh, one day she hopes that she'll be cast as Harley Quinn in a live action movie. And so I said, that fat, disgusting pig. <laughs> you know, it's like, uh, there's no way in hell she's going to be Harley Quinn in a movie. And uh, meanwhile, I was at my mechanics. I was getting my car fixed. And he comes with me with this bill. And he goes, it's worse than we thought, Joe. It's going to cost about $2,000. Like, oh, F me. 
You gotta be kidding me. I can't afford this, you know? And then instantly I get an email and Patrick starts saying, he goes, he goes, so it's okay. You should make fun of Donald Trump's son, but you can make fun of a, a little girl that wants to be Harley Quinn. And I was like, shut the F up. <laughs> you know, I emailed him back. I said, you know, I'm so tired of your crap because you just pissed the hell off of me. I'm just so annoyed. But a lot of that was coming from the fact that I just got hit with a $2,000 bill. It was the wrong place at the wrong time to confront me over something stupid like Harley Quinn Smith who turned out to be a disgusting pig, you know, I know cause she was an actress and she, and I, again, I listened to Kevin Smith's podcast and she was always using her father to get into movies. Like she, it's like, dad, I really want to go to this Hollywood party. Do you think you can get us in? He's like, sure. So he would get them in the door. It's like, go wait in the car. <laughs> you know, she would say that to the father and he would just take it. And I was like, what, what a jerk. You know, she was like, I don't want to be embarrassed by you and I don't want you to take away, you know, attention from me. So just go wait in the car. I just, I couldn't stand her. Cause like he used to just say horrible things about his wife and her and they always used to bully him. And uh, he's just smoked pot to, to like kind of get out of it. <laughs> but anyway, so uh, I just didn't like her. And I said, you know, I said, you really annoy the hell at me sometimes. I, and I just went off on him, which I probably, again, if I didn't have the $2,000 bill, I probably wouldn't have. And I says, look, if you don't like, you know, being on the show, then fine. You don't have to be on the show, you know? And then the next thing, you know, I got a, I think I got a call from Tom. He's like, did you fire Patrick? I was like, no, I just said he didn't have to be on the show. If he didn't want to be on the show, because I never fired him. And I, well, that's not firing somebody, right? Jack, I'm talking to you. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I, I thought you were going. You were talking to Tom. That's not no, 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 no. I'm I'm talking to you. No, I I I remember parts of it getting a little bit different uh, than you're saying, but I mean, um, no, I mean we're always have the option not to be on it. Yeah, we're not getting paid. You know, to. I mean, let's face it, we do this because it's fun. You know, <laughs> we're not getting paid for any of this shenanigans. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, that, that was within his right. If he didn't want to be on the show, he didn't have to be on the show. But uh, no, my my impressions of Patrick were a little bit different than Joe's. I think, I think it was Ron that helped make. Patrick better because because no, Ron's so bad. <laughs> well, no, because they balanced each other out very well. Um, because Tom uh, <laughs> Patrick was kind of high strung, which I discovered in one discussion. Um, and Ron was just so low and mellow that when you put the two of them together, you had one normal person. And, but like, I remember being on the receiving end of Patrick one time because um, he hated Cyclops from the X-Men. And I said, what are you Oh, that's right. I remember that. Yeah. yeah. I was like, what are you talking about? Like Cyclops is the X-Men. You know, he's like student number one. You know, with the professor, and he's who the professor leads. He's like, 
no, no, he he sucks. He's terrible. You know, Wolverine is is the best the best one. I said, so I said something like, Wolverine's just that punk in class or something like that, who just is there to piss everybody off. You know, he's like, no, Wolverine's the bravest. He's the toughest, and you know, I said, yeah, but you know. Cyclops is the leader. Cyclops knows the strategy and all that. Well, he just, I just remember him like exploding, going on and on about how Cyclops was the worst and Wolverine was the best. And, you know, as Joe would egg him on, sometimes I found myself egging him on where Joe had to step in. But yeah, uh, no, well, yeah, I guess that was part of it too. It, I like I said, I was no angel. I instigated things at times, um, and again, I, I think Patrick was was really good. I I do think he was good, but his problem again was if you don't agree with somebody, that doesn't mean you have to hate that person, you know. Yeah, <laughs> and, and that was his thing is that he took it personally. Oh, um, who else once said wrestling was fake? I, I, well, I know I, well, what happened? I said it in that email, right? Cause what, no, oh, yeah. One time I said, uh, you know, cause he was big into wrestling and he used to wrestle too. Right. And he loved wrestling uh, like a lot of people do, but I told him, I says, yeah, no, I used to love wrestling. I was big. Uh, you know, I started watching wrestling in the seventies. I loved wrestling in the eighties with Hogan and, uh, you know, macho man and all that Andre. I said, but what turned it off for me is one time I saw Hogan and the rest of them wrestling at Madison Square Garden, and I got really good seats. I was probably like in the 10th row, and I could tell how fake it was because none of the punches were landing. And when they would punch somebody, they would stomp on the on the ring, you know, or, you know, the, on the floor to make it sound like they were hitting them. And it was just so obvious that they were missing. And it kind of turned me off because you don't see that on TV. And he was like, dude. Don't ever tell me wrestling's fake. Don't ever say that to me again. And I was, I was like, well, you know, I, I, I still like it, but, you know, and he's like, don't ever. <laughs> like, you ever see uh, Step Brothers? Mm -hmm. the, it's like, don't ever play, don't ever touch my drums. Don't ever touch my drums. <laughs> you know? So, like, when I, on that email, I said, oh, and by the way, wrestling is so fake. <laughs> <laughs> Did he want to come over and beat you up or something? He he well, no, no, he didn't do that. But he no, I hung out with him in the park. And I will say, like I said, I think he was very knowledgeable. I thought he was very good for the show. I just wish that, you know, again, I'm more into debate. I don't like when the three of us, me, you, and Fedra have the same opinion. I'd rather have somebody that like loves, you know. Sam Wilson is Captain America and doesn't want to see Steve Rogers back again because we should go at it head to head. You know, it's like, that's more fun than for us to all have like an ass sucking contest, you know? Um, but I will say, all right. So, so, all right. So this is, I, I wanted to say, I thought he was a good guy though. You know, like he, and this was, I had a problem. And I remember this it was 2015 it was the worst year of my life, you know, cause I was riding high. I was in awesome shape. And I decided to get off. Uh, I was on an anxiety depression medication. So I was like, I'm going to get off it. You know, it's like, I don't need it anymore. Blah, you know, so I decided to get off it. Um, it took me a while to get off it. And 
I started to realize I just didn't like anything. I didn't feel anything. I wasn't happy. I wasn't sad. You know, like I didn't want to watch movies anymore. I didn't want to read comic books. I didn't want to play video games. And then I was like, yeah, this isn't working out. You know, it's like, I think I made a mistake. So I went back to my doctor and I said, yeah, I want to go back on it because this just isn't working out. And so I went back on it. And then one day I got incredibly depressed, you know, and I didn't know what was going on. And, and he says, well, it's because you've been off your meds for about four months. You know, now you're going to get back on it. And so I thought, all right, well, maybe it'll take me four weeks. But it went on for like five or six months, like where I didn't want to get out of bed. I didn't want to see anybody. You know, I lost like 20 pounds because I stopped eating. It's just really hard, you know, like, you know, and that's why I believe like, Sometimes you need a little help with, with medication. Uh, you should never like look down on people if they, you know, need medication for anxiety or depression because it's you know, if it's going to make you a happy person in society, then take it. But I didn't know that. I just felt like, and plus I didn't want to pay. You know, I, I was getting cheap. I was like, I don't want to pay for these meds. Anyway, so I was really depressed. Yeah, you see, that's I, I have to say that's gotten better. Because there really was years ago, there was that stigmatism, you know, about depression that people would be like, oh, just stop being sad. And they would, would be yeah. semi dismissive of it. <laughs> um, but it yep. is something that people struggle with. And, you know, the same thing like you're saying with the medicines, you know, a lot of people think, oh, I, I don't need it anymore. Well, the only reason you've gotten to that point is because you've had the medicines mm. and it's helped stabilize you. Um, it's a rough thing. I mean, I have to admit I've had issues with depression as well. And um, it's hard. <laughs> it is, it is very hard to get through it when it hits you and you're on a downturn. Um, but yeah, you just, and you have to ask the toughest thing is asking for help. What's yeah. the best thing for you? Yeah, it's, that's kind of all I could say on it. You know, it's it's very hard, but you know what? And this is for any listener out there. If you're feeling this, um, don't be hesitant to ask for help. Yeah, and ask it's us the too. Best thing for you when you're in this state of mind, because all your problems seem bigger than they are, and you need somebody to help stabilize you and help kind of keep you grounded. So. If you have these issues, go get help, people. Yeah, go help get good help. And again, you know, if you can um you can contact me too, and I'm sure Jack, you know, if you'd like to, and definitely Fedra. I know she loves to be a help for that too. Um, because we've all experienced it. And I'll be honest, you, and while I was going through this, I was like, Man, I'd rather have one of my limbs taken off than have to deal with this, you know. Uh, like you'd rather feel physical pain than to deal with depression, like on a daily basis. And it's kind of like breaking up with a girl. Um, you want to forget about her, but every day you can't. And then just one day you forget about her and, and you don't even know you forgot about her. And that's what getting over depression is like, is that the more you, you push to get over it, the more you're not going to, but then one day it's just going to leave, you know, and you're going to completely forgot that you ever had it. You know, but anyway, uh, so I felt bad cause I kept canceling shows cause I 
we'd have to put the topics together and what we were going to do. So we would do a show every two weeks and I canceled like three in a row. And I, you know, I, I was embarrassed. I didn't want to tell him that that's what I was going through. I was going through depression. So first I contacted Tom and I, I said, look, I, I hate to say this. I feel funny about saying it as, but I've been battling with depression for a couple of months now. And uh, I haven't put out a show with Nerd Alert. And uh, I, I said, I think I probably need to step back for a while. And and see, he said a really nice thing. He said, he goes, Joe, he goes, you've done so much for this company that uh, take as much time as you want. And, you know, just know, you know, I'm always here. And, you know, as whenever you're ready to start or, or start again, you know, just start, but don't feel pressure. Just take, take the time off, you know, and, you know, and uh, I thought that was nice. So then I emailed, <laughs> then I emailed Patrick and Ron, right. And I said the same thing. I said, sorry guys, I, I've been screwing you for about a month now. You know, I know we should be doing shows, but I've been battling depression and I just, you know, I'm having a hard time doing the show, putting stuff together and just, you know, just really struggling. So Patrick wrote me back and he says, you know, that's because it's very commendable for you to say something like that and just know that I'm always here. And then if you need to call me, you can call me, you know, and I'll be here for you and don't worry about the show. Just get better, you know? And then Ron emailed me back and he's like, we're supposed to do a show every two weeks. It's been like two months now. When are you going to get better? <laughs> you know, it's like, and that's when I knew what type of person Ron was, you know, when he said that. Because, like, when we first started with Ron and Patrick, uh, I wasn't crazy about Ron. And he always came off as pompous and arrogant. And I just didn't like his voice. His, his voice, like, did you ever hear, like, you got a face for, for radio, like if you're an actor, he'll stay there. <laughs> if you, you know, if you're ugly, you got a face for radio, kid. <laughs> you know, which means, uh, yeah. Why don't you go do radio? I've got the job for you, kid. <laughs> got the face for radio. Ron is star. Ron's got a voice for writing. <laughs> you know, is that the equivalent? Because I think his voice is awful. You know, it's just like a blend of the Snuffleupagus. Kermit the Frog and Yoda, you know, it, it's, and the worst thing, the worst thing was his, uh, you know, he would say that, do that constantly. And I was so obsessed by his Oz. They were sounded so horrible. I deleted all of his Oz. We did a two hour show. I delete over a hundred Oz of him going, uh, 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 and everybody does it. But nobody sounds like that. And I was like, and I think I was going crazy. I think he actually contributed to my mental breakdown, you know, <laughs> that I was just sitting there, like, pulling my hair out. It's like, ah, delete, ah, delete, you know. And um, I was going to paste all of those odds into one file and send it to him, you know. And it's like, you stop doing it. You know, it's like, uh, it, it just was driving me insane. It was crazy. It was absolutely crazy that I was deleting all of them and I was deleting ours too. So it's not like it was just him. And I actually, I did ask Jack and Taylor to come on 
because after a while I just felt, I felt more comfortable with Jack and Taylor. So it was Jack, Taylor, Patrick and Ron. And I felt like I had some allies, <laughs> you know, because <laughs> Patrick and Ron were very close. And I remember one time I was in the, the park with, uh, with uh, Patrick and we were hanging out and it's like, I kind of asked him as what you think about Ron? He goes, Oh, I think he's great. And I was like, yeah, but you know, it's like, do you think like, uh, you know, I, I don't, I don't know how I feel about him because what do you mean? He's, he's incredible, you know? And like, he also, he thought he was funny and he'd always try to make a joke and it would fall flat. And the only one that would laugh would be Patrick. And, I just felt like he was enabling him because he just wasn't funny. Um, he's a good writer, though. And I will say, you know, the one thing I will say about Ron, he knows his stuff. He was good with comic books. He was good with uh, movies, Star Wars, Disney. He's very good with that. But I just think, I, I don't know. <laughs> you know, I think he's on like seven or eight podcasts. And I'm like, I just can't believe it. You know, Uh and plus, again, like my problem with him is he always came off as pompous, arrogant, and uncaring. Like uh, he just was all about himself. Never said the word "thank you" to me ever, ever. You know, I'd always say, "Great job, guys! You know, you did an awesome job." I really like what you said. And then Patrick said, "Well, you, you know, you did a great job too." It's like, "Well, thanks, Patrick." And he goes, "Well, thanks, Joe." And like Ron's like, all right, "I'm going." <laughs> You know, <laughs> and even like I would, I'd wish him a happy birthday. I would go, happy birthday, Ron. Yeah, it was my birthday. <laughs> you know, I was like, uh, we went out. It's like, are you going to say thank you? <laughs> you know, he never would say thank you. And then like one time they were going to Comic-Con. I think it might've been New York. Or it might've been a Boston one because they were up around there. And so Patrick invited me. He says, do you want to come with us? Do you think you could fly up and go with us to Comic-Con? And I said, nah, I'm not going to go. And uh, so Ron never said anything. But all of a sudden, I get an email from Ron. And he's like, I'm sending you five files. I interviewed somebody that, uh, you know, did a comic book about, uh, you know, the Big Thunder Mountain. <laughs> you know, he goes, I want you to edit it and, uh, you know, have it ready for the next podcast. And I was like, what the, f I'm not your, you're not my boss, <laughs> you know, it's like, what a, you know, and no, no, please. He just told me, just do it, you know? And so I said, I'm not doing it, you know? And, and so I told Tom, it's like, who is he to tell me to do stuff, you know? And uh, he just was a weird guy. I, and uh, it, it just was so bizarre. But like, again, like, but, I'm glad I had Jack on. Jack was like the 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 source of all things comic books and Star Wars. It's like he could not be beat. He could not be stumped by the other guys. And Taylor, well, thank you. Taylor was very good too. He was very comedic. You know, he I thought he was, you know, he he had a lot of talent. I think him and Patrick had a lot of talent, and uh, you know. Like he he was very good too, and I think Jay was on at that point too. Uh, and then then came along this guy that Ron recommended him. His name was Matt. <laughs> oh, jeez! This is the worst of the worst. 
So Matt comes on, you know, Matt wants to be on Nerd Alert. He works for WDWNT in another department. So Ron says, yeah, this guy really wants to be on. I told him he could be on, you know. So I says, all right. So he comes on. First episode, he hogs the whole thing. Doesn't let anybody talk. Just jumps over everybody. And uh, and so I told him, I says, hey, you got to calm down a little bit. You know, you got to realize that there's a pecking order. You just started. You got to realize there's other people here. And uh, so he, like, calls me. He says, I got all these ideas for the show, you know. You know, I was thinking maybe I, I could host it at times. And, you know, I was like, no, nah, we're okay, you know. And he goes, what about video? Could we do video? And I was like, well, we thought about doing video. And, and again, this was like in September, I think, of one year. And I said, well, you know, maybe we'll do it next year. And said, well, why can't we do it now? And I says, because we're doing audio right now. And he goes, well, I think we, should, we need to do video. And I says, well, I'll talk to the rest of the guys and we'll see what we can do. And then uh, he kept calling me, emailing me, texting me. When are we doing video? When are we doing video? You know, and I was like, look, I, I said, we'll, we'll do it eventually. You know, I says, but we'll probably do it next year after the season's over. And then uh, so, uh, so he texted me one time and he was like, I want an answer in video. And, he, and I says, well, can't we just wait for next? Next season, he goes, that answer's not good enough for me. I says, oh, it's not. I says, well, how about this? We're not going to do it at all. You know, it's like, don't tell me what to do. I says, this is still my show. You don't tell me what to do, all right? I says, says, I've been nice so far. I says, but now you're getting on my nerves. And um, so the next podcast, we didn't have him on. And then I felt bad. So I emailed him. A roundtable was coming up for one of the movies. I says, you know, Matt, do you want to be on the round table? And he says, uh, Joe, I goes, look, I decided that I'm going to do video with nerd alert, but I'm going to take it over. You know, uh, I'm not going to have you on or anybody else. I'm bringing in my own guys. And I was like, what? <laughs> you know, it's like, uh, so I, I told Tom about it and he's like, well, he can't do that. And, and he goes, he's probably just fooling around. With you. I says, no, he's not. I said, look, Tom, I don't want him on the show anymore. You know, the guy is weird. I, you know, he's just too pushy. He wants to take control of everything. And so. Uh, and then came the marathon. Yeah, then came the marathon. So, you know, so I, I, I don't know if I told him, I said, look, we don't want you on the show anymore. You know, or Tom might have told him or somebody told him. And so we started doing the marathon and it was live. And then all of a sudden he shows up, you know. He says, hey, guys, sorry I'm late, you know. And so he starts talking. He wasn't expected to be on the marathon. He just showed up, uh, just turned his microphone in and came in. And uh, and I didn't know this at the time, but everybody told me Tom was at the studio and he was livid. You know, he couldn't believe that he did that. And uh, and then he had the, had the balls. Like, after about 40 minutes, he's like, look, guys, I'm going to go get something to eat. I'll be back, you know, in about a half hour, you know, so keep it going and then just pull me in when I come in, you know, and I was nice during the whole thing, you know, but I, cause I was live and it was a children's charity thing and all this stuff, but, but Tom exploded on him, you know, and he's, he says, you tried to sabotage that show because Joe was right. You know, I didn't believe him at first. 
he goes, you get, you you never do something like that, especially on a live show in a, during a charity event. And so then he texted me and he's like, please, please forgive me. Cause tell Tom, I didn't mean it. <laughs> you know, cause it's like, and uh, I says, look, I, I really don't want to talk to you anymore. I says, you just look, I, I don't, Kate you or anything like that. I just don't want you in the show anymore, right? Go do your own show. Don't think you could do take do the show and bring it on the video. The balls of that guy, seriously, that he thought that he was going to do his own version of Nerd Alert. And he would be the host and he'd bring in like three or four other guys. Uh, because we weren't good enough for him. <laughs> you know. <laughs> but the whole thing is he wanted to make money. Like he thought that by doing that, he was going to make money through YouTube. But it's not easy. It's like if you want to make money on YouTube, I think you got to get like maybe a hundred thousand views. Oh, I have no clue. You got to make. You got to. You got to have a lot of people tuning into your your channel. No way. <laughs> you know, it's like even like the main shows don't really make that much money on YouTube. Um, you know, if anyway. The guy was out of his mind or he just was just overly arrogant, pompous, a jerk. I'm glad he was gone. But with that, <laughs> now we had leverage because like Tom kind of said, you know, I'm sorry, Joe, you were right. I didn't realize that he was actually doing all this stuff, but you're hundred percent right. So I said, can I have a meeting with you and Jason? So I had a meeting with uh, him and Jason. This is we've all decided you know, because I think at the time it was because Patrick was gone. It was you. It was Taylor. It was Jay. It was Eric. I said, we don't get along with Ron. And it's like, we just don't want him on the show anymore. And well, also um, it was unfortunate. Like <laughs> he started drinking quite a bit. <laughs> no, I don't know. That was Patrick. And I remember, was you it? know, one time he fell off the chair. One time he fell asleep during the show. Oh, yeah, maybe that was him. <laughs> um, yeah, we just like, he didn't vibe with us, you know. He's kind of like Pete Best and the Beatles, you know, where they had to get rid of him. And uh, so um, he says, all right, you know, I'll talk to him. And then things were just so much better <laughs> yeah, until it got worse. But we'll leave that for another day. Until it uh, got worse. <laughs> There's <laughs> always drama, you know. Uh, but it was the best of times until it turned horrible. It was the best of times. It was the worst of times, <laughs> and it, it still could be that way at times. <laughs> oh, uh, no! I'm not saying you guys, but just things. Anyway, let's get into the news. So, Jonathan Majors was found guilty of assault. Uh, they're gonna come. He's out of here. Yeah, they they fight. They didn't wait. <laughs> they got rid of him within minutes. Marvel and Disney just axed him. Any thoughts on that? Um, well, you know, once the when they were still allegations came out, and we started to hear more and more background from people who worked with them. Um, to me, it was very apparent that this isn't a nice guy we had seen in the uh and we still see it actually uh the cast and crew of the marvel movies pretty much they all got along very well 
And like, as far as I, I've seen, they're like still friends. They're still buddies and stuff. And he doesn't seem the kind of guy that would fit into that mix very well. Um, well he's a villain. And it, just, it doesn't matter if he's the villain or not. Um, he still has to work with these people and fit in. And we've seen what happens when already, what happens when somebody who comes in that doesn't mesh well with the rest of the team. Uh, we've seen that with Brie Larson, um, who, you know, I like Brie Larson. And Captain Marvel, the first one, is one of those movies that I've gotten to like a lot more since I initially saw it. Um, but you could tell from interviews there was always tension there. And I think that tension very much carried over uh, into the performances. So it just seemed more, more and more to me that this guy wasn't really going to work out um, just from the way he would mesh with the team. And then we started seeing videos of it. We started hearing testimonies of it. And I kind of thought that we had another Ezra Miller going on uh, where it's like, what is he going to do next? And then we see a video of him, you know, obviously staged breaking up a fight. Like <laughs> two, two young girls kids are going at it. And then don't worry, kids. It's, you know, it was, it was almost like a GI Joe promo spot, you know, Hey kids, you shouldn't be fighting. You know, let's all sing Kumbaya because knowing is half the battle. You know, like it, it was such an obviously staged thing. Uh, they had him out antique shopping with, was it Camilla Cabello? Um, where, you know, it was set up by the agents just to get him some good press because she's very popular. And I'm like, wow, they're really starting to put this on heavy. Um, and then, like I said, then we've just started seeing more and more of it. So um, he he's not a good guy. Because um, you know what? Good people, um, you can argue with your girlfriend, but you shouldn't be pushing her into cars and, you know, choking her. <laughs> and you're not a good guy if you know you're getting text messages from other girls when you have a girlfriend that are salacious in nature you know i mean let's face it you know who's who's this girl cleopatra texting you you yeah. know that seems like a reasonable question that your girlfriend might ask you um so the way he was treating this girl who's supposedly his girlfriend, um, that's not how good guys work. So I think he's, I think he's trouble. And I'm glad uh, that he was found guilty because so much of what we heard as testimony was his legal team blaming the victim which is always a low life move uh, when it comes yeah. to of, you know, uh, I guess you could call it domestic abuse, partner abuse. Um, that, that just wasn't cool. So, you know what? I'm, I'm kind of glad that the 
the jury saw through all of that and did find that he's guilty. Now, let's face it. He's Hollywood. Um, he'll probably be sent for anger management lessons and this will all be swept under the rug. But um, I don't I don't understand. It makes sense that Disney would ditch him very quickly because they have that behavioral clause. You know, you're not supposed to do something that reflects badly on the company. And this guy's this guy was trouble. So um, I don't think it's a bad thing that he's gone from uh, the MCU. I don't think it's a bad thing at all. I kind of have mixed feelings, actually, which you may be surprised with. I think what did him in partly, other than his actions, was his legal team. I, I don't think he had the best legal team. Because, like, he's, you're right, 100%. They were victim shaming, and they were pushing her to, like, no one's going to believe you, you know. Uh, oh, and he was, too, yeah. beforehand. You can't do this, you know. Nobody's going to believe you. Who are you? I'm a famous movie star. You That's know that. right, yeah. Like, in his text, he, she says, you know, I was going to go to the hospital because I think I have a concussion. He goes, yeah, but if you go to the hospital, they might think, I might have something to do with it. And she's like, well, I'll say it was me. He goes, but still they might think it might be me. So it's probably better off if you just kind of ride that concussion out. <laughs> yeah. You know? It's like, nah, that's not a nice boyfriend, but what they did that was wrong. Like when it first came out, I remember I texted you guys like a bunch of information that I was getting on Reddit, you know, that apparently he attacked a girl or something like that, his girlfriend. And then all of these, a couple of people had come out and said, yeah, you know, we've heard this for a while. He went to Harvard and a lot of people said that they, he was very confrontational and that he would bully people and he would threaten them. And uh, nobody really liked working with him. And in, in other movies, he's been problematic, you know, where He's right. very aggressive. So, you know, he, he had a history and all of this was coming out, um, you know, with, and, you know, prominent people and not just like somebody that you never heard of, but directors and producers were coming out with this stuff. So something was there. You kind of see that, all right, this is a guy, he's a big guy, you know, he's a, he, this, yeah. He he is a big formidable guy. I'd be easily. You wouldn't want to mess with him. him. Yeah, I, I think I'd be, you know, but you can kind of see if he's that type of guy, how he could intimidate people. And it can't be fun. But uh, but again, his defense team the next day is like, and it goes, oh, well, she confessed to us that, uh, and we have proof, we have video proof that, you know, she was the one that started the fight. And we have text messages that shows that she confessed that she did it, but they released a text message and they're like, ha, look at this. Now she confesses, but the way she confessed, she was like, just, I'm sorry that I got you mad. It was all my fault. You know, you know, I should have realized that you would have gotten mad by me doing that. And then, and then he's, but, his but thing is like, here's the thing. It did, didn't look it's like she was like confessing. With your girlfriend without strangling her. Yeah. You can fight with your girlfriend without knocking her around. You see, that's that's what it comes down to. Oh, well, you know, he had no choice. This guy is huge, and you're shoving around the girl. You know, unless this girl is like, 
I don't know. No, she's very small. Some wrestling chick or something, you know, you're still going to be able to knock her around. You can physically, physically hurt her very easily. Uh, hell, I think he could physically hurt a lot of people oh, yeah. easily, man or woman. So that's not an excuse. You well, know, that just shows you a lack of control. This is like, very, I have a little bit of a problem though. Yeah, you know, he was getting a text from this Cleopatra chick, and she ripped the phone out of his hand, which, again, she shouldn't have done, you know. And, no, she probably shouldn't, but. And apparently, you know, we don't know. She, like, she might have attacked her. She might have attacked him, you know, um, at first. But still, I the, the way it is, the way, like, again, a society wants to make it look like, there are no genders, but yes, there are. There are two genders. There's male and there's female. And the majority of male males, especially in relationships, are way stronger than the, the female counterpart. And if a girl hits you, take it. <laughs> you know, because if you hit a girl, she she's gonna have a problem. I've never hit a girl in my life, you know, and I don't know how anybody would ever do that. It's just, you know. He is a big guy, <laughs> and like again, it, she's a, she's probably like a hundred pounds soaking wet, and he's probably what, close to three hundred, I would say. Three hundred solid muscle. Yeah, it's like you know, and you got to be careful, even if he was trying to defend himself, because I saw the pictures too. He definitely broke her finger, and he sliced the back of her ear. I don't know what he did. He might have thrown her against the cab, but from what I read. The jury didn't find him guilty of what happened in the cab because I don't think there was video in the cab. And I think the cab driver. No, it was outside of the cab. Yeah, it was outside of the cab, you know, because and we didn't see this video. All we saw, you know, they released video of her chasing him, which didn't look good. You know, he's trying to get away from her and she's running after him. But apparently they showed the jury video of him grabbing her and throwing her in the cab, you know, and that's where the problem is like when you do something like that um and again he, oh, he just came. <laughs> no it's not kidnapping but still if she didn't want to go and you forced her in uh, yeah that's, well, that's it's kind of it's physical assault kidnapping but um you know and they tried to have her arrested you know uh like the defense attorney like when it first happened you know they, they tried to say oh you know you need to arrest her not him you know <laughs> It, it just was like really bizarre. But again, like when she left that text, the only thing he said to her, she like where she's like, I'm sorry. I, I know, you know, what I did got you mad and, you know, I shouldn't have done it. And uh, I, you know, and he's like, did you leave the keys on the table? That's all he said. He didn't ask her how her head was, you know, he just didn't seem sympathetic towards her. He just seemed like, I think he's like one of those people that got very success, successful very quickly. And now he's got a big head and he thinks he can do anything and get away with it. Or maybe he could he thought he could do anything and get away with it when he was younger too. Could be. But I still think that I wouldn't cancel him. You know, I think that Disney had to get rid of him, especially after they did with Gina Carano. Like if they would have kept him and they got rid of Gina Carano, it would have been problematic. So I think it was probably best for them to get rid of him. Plus, you know, which is another topic I want to address. 
this Kang stuff just isn't working out. And I think that they realized that, well, we, we need to find a way to get rid of this whole Kang story. So if we get rid of the actor, we can just say we're going in a different direction and let them bring in Dr. Doom. I know you don't want him to come into it too quickly or, or you want him to be with the Fantastic Four first. And maybe he will because they're, they're I think they're going to start filming the Fantastic Four movie um, next month or February. So uh, why, why can't I mean, they introduce him in that? Now, you see, here's the thing. Hang can be a terrific villain. The problem isn't Kang. The problem is that you have lousy writers. You have crappy writers who are turning out things like She-Hulk, who are turning out things like the first season of Loki, which I have to say, second season was better. Was it great? Not by a long shot. But they do not have strong writer or secret invasion. These are the people you have writing the character. Kang is a great villain, but you don't have a writing staff talented enough to deal with this, with stories of this magnitude, you know, and do they need to ditch just because of uh, the actor? Do they need to ditch the storyline? Absolutely not. What I they know, need exactly. to do is to get better writers to write the damn story. I disagree with you. First of all, maybe it's because I, I didn't read the comics when Kang was around, but I knew I knew of um, Thanos. I know of Doctor Doom. I didn't know who Kang is. I don't think he's really that popular. I mean, I know who Ultron was. It's he's got to be somebody formidable. And I'm tired of this multiverse crap. They got to get away from that. And by keeping Kang, but the reason it, the multiverse is crap is because they had crap writers writing it. They're still going to have those writers, you know. Well, I still I think that's the problem. Well, like look at look at what uh, Feige did. I watched the first three episodes of Daredevil, and he fired a whole bunch of them. He doesn't have to keep these writers. He could fire them and get better people. Bring in a story a story group with some comic guys on it, and you can. Comic guys may not be able to write television, but you know what? They know the storyline. They know the characters. They can get you, 50, let's say, fifty percent there of a solid story have the writer the tv writers come in and flesh out what they need for tele, for filming televising have the story written don't make up scenes and then oh we'll figure out having the making the story make sense in post-production what what the hell is that kind of motivation not motivation direction supposed to be you should have a script right up front you should have a story you don't make it up as you go along that's why these things cost 200 million dollars and then they come out and they get a zero rotten tomato score you know but well, we, we, well, we've had this conversation numerous I know we times have. on the podcast i still think they need to after the marvels and all the movies that came out last year that just didn't do well, like phase four and part of phase five, they need to go in a different direction. They need to abandon this whole 
Kang Dynasty storyline. Um, and again, I didn't think Quantumanium was that good. Uh, I didn't like him. I liked him better in Quantumanium because he was a he was a badder villain, more evil. And when I saw season one in Loki, he just was too nice of a guy because it was a different Kang. I, I don't know. I, I just well, feel a different Kang. Yeah. They they need to go in a different direction. But all right, let's get past that. But I, I don't think he should be canceled though. Cause like you said, he's not gonna go to jail. He'll probably do community service, have to go to anger management and all that stuff. But I think that, you know, he should still be allowed to make movies. And if people don't want to see him in movies, they don't go, you know. I, I hate this whole cancel culture where it's like, no, you can't go see these movies. And like these producers or these production companies are like, Oh, like a few people don't like this person. Cause they did that. It's like, well, now we got to, he can never act again. You know, well, I, now you see, I, I as well, I am not one for cancel culture, but this isn't, Oh, he said something. Oh, 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 he made a post online. This is a guy who smacks around women he's supposed to care for. But he was not found guilty of smacking around women. He, he was found guilty of forcibly pushing her into the car. I think I could be wrong, but I don't Which think he probably were... pleaded down from yeah. whatever went on. This is not a good guy. This is oh. not a good guy. If there's yeah. a guy who deserves to be canceled, you're looking at him. If there's a guy who should be sitting in a jail cell for a year something you know that's true if you or i did that we'd be sitting in jail for several oh, yeah. years yeah. okay this guy should not be held to a better standard where he gets to go to a couple anger management classes you know and then gets to go around on his life and who knows maybe this is a come up and for all the things he's done in the past too could be that we don't know about. And he's also going to be on trial for another case in England. So who knows how that's going to go. But and what was the, that for? Uh, I don't I, it, I think it was assault too, huh. but I, um, I don't, it may have been her or another girl, or it might've been the police. You know, I, I forget exactly, but it's, well, then uh, he's even dumber if he's, if he's picking on cops, but, I like I said, he is bad news for Disney. He's bad news, period. This yeah. this is the guy who is just bad news, period. It's movie studios want to bank on him. What I don't like, welcome. The you thing know? I don't like about it. Well, all right, there are things I don't like about him. The text that he texted, like where he he compared himself to Martin Luther King Jr. and uh, you know Obama. You know, like he put himself in the same category. And that he felt that he was here for a reason, you know, to push his culture and that she should have behaved like Coretta Scott King and Michelle Obama, who were great women. And he, and he said, I'm a great man. I am a great man. That's a little full of yourself there, you know, uh, and oh, it's a little really? scary. It's a little scary. And then for him to show up every day with the Bible, <laughs> you know, in his hand and read it. I, I mean, is that what Christianity preaches that it's okay to like beat on women? 
but as long as you read a Bible in court, you should be innocent. I mean, that's, you know, because it's like, yeah, you can go to church, but that doesn't mean you're a good Christian. You know, and I think that that's a mockery. Like when you bring a Bible into the court, all he's trying to do is like, look at me and I'm a very religious man. It's like, no, you're just using that to get off, you know, kind of hoping that the jury will be sympathetic. That they're going to buy it. Exactly. Yeah. I, yeah, I didn't like that. It's like, come on, dude. You know, you're not fooling anybody. Like Again, like him breaking up the fight, him coming in with this girlfriend, her last name is good, <laughs> you know, holding her hand in hand. And it's just ridiculous. Yeah, where does your girlfriend come from? I guess you had to. He, he went. No, he started. Maybe that was Cleopatra. Cleopatra good. <laughs> uh, I keep every time I keep hearing Cleopatra, all I keep thinking is uh, Beyonce in uh, the Austin Powers movie, Foxy yeah. Cleopatra. <laughs> Foxy Cleopatra. Oh, I don't know. It's it's just insane. And I, I was reading as well how people are defending him, and it's like, really, you know? Oh yeah, I know it's crazy. Like his fans, they want to know the jury's names. <laughs> you know, it's like, are you out of your mind? It's like some people just the internet, social media was probably one of the biggest mistakes. It's I was like it's made our lives easier. These friggin' phones, but it's been disastrous too. Like when you think about it, phones used to just be phones. And now it's it's got cameras on it. It's got recorders on it. You have you can post anything that you want. You well, can everybody, everybody now has a soapbox that they could stand on. Yeah, and you know what? Not everybody should. Yes, yeah, that's the sad part of it. Um, you know, and and it's under under the guise of free speech. Yeah, you know what? You have free speech, but other people have the option to of free speech to call you an idiot as well. So that's how it works, but it doesn't. Yeah. All right. Next one. This came out of nowhere. Okay. <laughs> Warner Brothers Discovery may be merging with Paramount. That was a surprising announcement. I mean, I don't know how much truth there is to it. Um, you you look at the financial stuff more than I do. I mean, would that make sense? Well, the source that it comes from is Axios, which, again, I, I'm not too familiar with them. I wouldn't – maybe there's something going on. I, I'm sure every company at some point has tried to merge with another company that we don't know about. Maybe there's some talk, but who knows how concrete it is. But it, it would be interesting if they did merge – because they would be a much bigger brand. I mean, you look at what Disney did. Like Disney bought Fox, they bought Star Wars, Marvel. You know, they're no longer Disney. Like they're this big conglomerate. And for and they're saying, and their price has gone in the toilet. Well, that's because they've done a lot. Of that's right. That, their problems do not have anything to do with uh, mergers and purchases. Well, what, what would be great is if. Warner Brothers Discovery and Paramount merge with Universal. You know, I would love to see that. I mean, I would love to see DC characters at Universal Studios, you know, Star Trek characters at Universal Studios. I think that would be a lot of fun. Star Trek land. It could, yes. it could just be indoors that you walk around the Enterprise and it would be awesome. Well, again, they got to do something with Star Trek. I know you like some of the shows that are on 
Paramount Plus with Star Trek, but they have to. I I tell you, when they had the Star Trek experience at Vegas, Vegas? that was freaking Mm -hmm. awesome. I could have stayed there all day. Oh, really? I didn't know you you (laughs) went there. So you actually participated in that. I went there and it's, it's, that was what we wish Star Wars Galaxy Edge was like. You would go to a restaurant and you would have a Ferengi waiting, you know, on tables. You would have another alien come by, take your order. You'd have Klingons walking around the uh, common areas. You know, you would have these guys full on costume in character, you know, they're not doing meet and greets. They're just walking around, you know, and the same thing. It's like, uh, when, when <laughs> I bumped into the Gamorrean at, 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 uh, star Wars weekend, you know, here it is. He just, he's just walking through the crowd. He's doing his thing. That's how the Klingons were. Um, it was just a hell of a lot of fun. It really was. And if they, if they ran something again like that, I'd be there in a heartbeat. Yeah. No, I could see that too. It's uh, yeah. yeah I, I, I think, I mean, hopefully it'll happen because competition is always good. It's I always like the perfect example is Madden football. Madden was, used to compete against 2k and you'd have half the people buy Madden, half the people buy 2K. Then all of a sudden, Madden's like, we don't want people to buy 2K. Let's just buy the NFL license. So they, they ended up getting the NFL license from the NFL. And so now 2K could not put any of the NFL teams in their game. They couldn't put any of the players in their game. So nobody wanted to play it because they were just playing with X's and O's. And that's that killed <laughs> that football game because Madden has barely improved every year. It's just a roster change and just slight changes, but people buy it. They spend 70 bucks every year buying the stupid game. And, you know, EA and Madden are like, we don't have to change anything. You know, it's like, all we have to do is sit back and collect the money. And that's what Disney, you know, has done for a while when there was no universal studios, they just sat back and they collected the money because they were the Kings with theme parks. If you get these other guys involved, like that, if they have Harry Potter and again, Star Trek, uh, who else? I think it's the, the Ninja Turtles, South Park. You know, they, they have a lot of properties, Paramount. Um, yeah, they do. I was going to say Indiana Jones, but Disney, I think, ended up buying everything from Paramount. Uh, Top Gun. Yeah, they they can definitely have something big. So I I do hope that it goes through because uh, because you know what's going to happen. It's all these companies are going to unite and then they're going to sell off eventually, just like what Disney's doing because they're going to sell off pieces of their properties. Like I wouldn't be surprised if they got rid of Pixar. Uh, I don't think I don't know. They won't get rid of Marvel. They're, they're they're not going to sell off anything they could that they're still making money on, but it looks like they might sell off ESPN, ABC, um, 
you know, some of the other stuff that they have, but they didn't have to do that. If they didn't lose all this stupid money for making stupid, dumb decisions, that's what kills me. And I know we said this before, Bob Iger sits there and he just basically is like, well, well, you know, it's like, uh, well, there's nothing we can do. It's COVID. It's the economy. Um, I need an increase in my salary. I need more of a bonus, but I'm going to lay off like 10,000 people and right. raise the price of Disney plus raise the prices of theme parks. And how dare you say we're woke, <laughs> you know? Yeah, exactly. And, and you know what? And people still love them for it. People still support him for it. No, not everybody loves him for it. I think more and more people, I think that they're a tarnished brand right now. They're, they're not the the family-friendly Disney that everybody used to love. They used to be the golden child. Yeah. Where, and now they're not. I mean, when you, I mean, most of the stories I see in the news are negative about Disney. And uh, again, Iger doesn't care because it's like, I'm still getting paid, you know, whether it's good news or bad news, because these suckers are just paying me a salary. And it's like, I can fire whoever I want. I can do whatever I want. And then eventually when I retire, I'll just buy an island and seal it in a jar and everybody can leave me alone, you know? <laughs> anyway, um, so there was a rumor going on that uh, from Daniel RPK, who's a very fairly reliable source says that uh, the X-Men, MCU's X-Men may be prioritizing women in the next movie or the the, the first X-Men movie for the MCU. Yeah, well, I mean, as I said on the text when we were talking earlier, um, I, I honestly don't have a problem with that because um, the X-Men have such great women characters anyway that i think they're a better than a lot of the male characters um gene gray i think is much more interesting than cyclops storm is much more interesting than hank mccoy um rogue is much more interesting than gambit or colossus i mean these are super great characters and they are great because they are great characters, not women. Yeah, I understand you know, what you're it's primary their storylines and what they do, not the fact that they are women. And the problem is Marvel in their current trend will flip that, you know, that it's more important that they're women than the fact that they are strong characters with strong motivations, you know, with great background stories. It's, it's tough because like I said, if they wanted to make it a woman centric X-Men team, you know, where you've had the women as leaders, which we've seen storm is one of the primary leaders of the X-Men. So yeah, why not? Let's see that on screen. But the problem is, do we trust Disney to do it right? Yeah, that's the problem. <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, uh, those characters are great without having to have the she's not alone moment where all the girls line up in a row. I mean, I could see Disney doing something stupid 
like not having Wolverine in the first movie, you know? Well, I, I'm saying you still need the guys around. Yeah. But, okay. but like, you can't. Disney has just done such a crappy job with the MCU. That, yeah, exactly. That will they will they do the characters of Jean Grey, Storm, Rogue, Kitty Pride? You know, I mean, hell, Kitty. I remember like when Kitty Pride first showed up. Like, honestly, if you wanted a comic book girlfriend. <laughs> You wanted to go out with Kitty Pride. I never liked. Her. I thought she was lame. I always, I always liked her. And then they had her grow, grow up. What was her old thing? She could just walk through walls. But she was also a, a real character. I. You know, but that's a boring like, power. That's like Miss Marvel. No, no, but the but big hands. It's the character is more than just the power. I understand. I understand. You know the fact that I love that cover of. Professor Professor X is a jerk. <laughs> oh yeah. You never heard one of the X-Men refer to Professor X as a jerk. And here it is, she's right on the cover. Um Kitty Kitty Pride is an awesome character. And well, oh, she just is. Um, but do I trust that, you know? And now at now at the rate they're going, pretty Kitty Pride is gonna need, you know, a hip minority girlfriend to, you know, say, mm. You're right, girl, you know. <laughs> yeah, they're gonna have to introduce pronouns. You know. Um no, well, here's the problem. I mean, all those characters that you mentioned, I love those characters in the comic books. Right. And uh, they even like in the Fox movies, they didn't really translate very well. Like Jean I Grey, really didn't give him much to do. And um, there were, Rogue really wasn't Rogue. She was, what's her name? Uh, Wolverine's buddy there. Jubilee. Jubilee, yeah. Uh, the problem, again, is that, like I said, I, I bet there's somebody that says, let's not put Wolverine in this movie, because if we do, he's going to take away from the female-centric characters. Everyone's going to notice him. And we don't want that to happen. And it's like, you know, I guarantee you there's some idiot on board that's pushing that. But I, I think it's wrong for them. I, I think that, like, again, the essential characters that should be in the first X-Men movie should be Cyclops, Jean Grey, Professor X. You know, I, even though Wolverine came later on the thing, he's very popular. Uh, I would like to see Beast. I like, like I was telling you, I like Jim Lee's X-Men where you had Rogue, you had... Cameron. Well, it's still a pretty big team. I think you need to pare it down for the first one, but... But, uh, no, I, but I don't want to see, you know, and also Storm, but I don't want to see Storm, Gene, Rogue, Jubilee, Kitty Pride, and Cyclops. I don't want to see that movie, you know? It's, no, I, I don't I don't think you, you'd have to worry about that because... Oh, really? I, honestly, I don't, because no matter... What madness goes on at Disney? They would see the lack of Wolverine as the lack of butts in the seat. I think I think, so. I think their greed would actually overcome their wokeness. Because honestly, I'd love those characters as well. But if Wolverine was not in that movie, 
it would have to be the dumbest decision they they would ever make. We'll see. I could see Wolverine and without Cyclops. Or well, yeah, they did that in the past. Uh, yeah, I'm, I, well, but like I, I couldn't imagine them leaving Wolverine out. And honestly, Cyclops too, because Wolverine needs somebody to push around because he can't push around a girl. That would never fly. So, yeah, you know, so what are they going to do there? What are they going to do? Cyclops there if nothing else is the guy he picks on. Yeah. Well, again, that's the one thing I liked about what would you call that? Uh, the love triangle that they had there is that, you know, Scott was a good guy. Gene was the girl that Wolverine and her, you know, and him were going after Wolverine was the bad guy, but in all, you know, again, it looks like Gene is the damsel, but Gene is the strongest out of the two, out of the three of them. You know, she, uh, I don't know. There's just something that I liked about that. I, I don't know. Like, what would you rather see? Would you rather see? Did you rather see Gene with Cyclops or Gene with Wolverine? No, Gene with Cyclops. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, I, it's okay if she sleeps with Wolverine every now and then, you know. But it's not <laughs> well, like I wouldn't they, go that far. But no, I, I, I would rather see Gene with Cyclops because, you know, Gene for Gene. Gene is the good girl. She always has been. And, and also she should be with the good guy, not the guy. Like Wolverine should be with like Mystique or or even Storm, because Storm has a bit of an edge to her too, because even though people are like, oh no, she's an African goddess. She also grew up as a street urchin who was used to being a, a bit of a scrapper just to survive, you know. So Storm had, came from rough beginnings before she developed her powers. And I could see Wolverine more with somebody like that than, you know, Jean Grey is kind of the prep school girl. Well, the thing with, with Wolverine, too, is he his whole life that's been pretty long he's always had a tragic life and he never ends up with a girl too long because they end up getting killed off yeah, you know? yeah exactly <laughs> it's a short-term gig <laughs> i'd rather see you know scott and gene you know live happily ever after than for her to be at wolverine and then get killed off you know so wolverine and again wolverine needs to have a tortured life Cause that's what makes him, he can't be happy. You know, it's even like there's a part of us that wants to see him happy. He can't, you know, sorry. He can't, that's not a Wolverine. Um, yeah, because it, because what does he have to be gritty and gruff about if his life is terrific? Yeah, exactly. So Adam driver says Kylo Ren was supposed to be the most committed to the dark side by the end of the last sequel trilogy. I always thought that. And then they changed it. And then they changed it. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I agree too. There's no, you didn't have to redeem the guy. You didn't have to bring Darth Sidious back. And, I, and I, was it? Yeah, it was City, the Emperor. You know, you didn't have to bring him back. You know, Kylo Kylo Ren was a bad guy at the end of the Last Jedi. You know, let him go on. You know, 
Let yeah, him let, rule let the him, galaxy. Let him become more and more power hungry because we've already saw him in the Force Awakens as like a, a raving lunatic at times. You know, put a guy like that on the throne and let let's let's just see. You know, yeah, him him laughing while the Empire burns because he's all about the chaos. I mean, and we'd already seen the redemption story with Darth Vader. Why did we need to see yeah. another redemption story? And it, you know? again, we both could have written a better movie than what they did. Again, I wouldn't have brought in the Emperor. I wouldn't have just left him dead because he was dead. And I would have just made it like, again, like he's the bad guy. He's the big Darth or the Emperor, you know, basically the new Emperor. And have it where, and not this whole buddy thing where Finn and Poe and C-3PO and, uh, you know, Lando Calrissian, they all have to like journey, you know, to come together and help Ray. Let Ray go off on herself. You know, let Ray have the final battle with Kylo Ren. You yep. Know? And, and her take him out. Either have him, have her take him out or have him take her out and then him regret it. You know, because he realized that there was that he could have turned her, you know, or something like that. You know, that I, I just, you know, again, we I, I think it would have been good if he took her out just because no one would have expected something like that. And I think more and more people would have seen that. And I think a lot of people went back and saw The Force Awakens just to see him kill Han Solo because they were so shocked <laughs> that it happened. You we got to see that scene again. Oh, yeah. I was like, I and, and even like, it's like, did you ever like go to a movie and you know a scene is going to happen and you just hope that he doesn't that the character doesn't do it? <laughs> you know, it's well, like you know what they could they could have done the fake out where you know they could have brought the emperor back, but it would have been cool if they brought him back like in Dark Emperor, Dark Empire, where he's a clone. Yeah, you know, and I he makes he he turns Kylo Ren into Darth Vader, but like in that moment where he might flip. You know, he takes out the Emperor so he could take the Emperor's place, not save Ray. But he's injured and Ray has then him and Ray fight and she takes him out. So they could have had something like that that it's a fake out redemption, you know, but that's not what we got. We got some yeah. sort of mess. A huge mess. I, I tell you, even even that movie, I can't I can't even watch it even if it's just to see spaceships fly around and blow up stuff i i've gotten so and i told you from the very day that i saw it that yes i know you you, you did. defended it you were you did but you and know like oh, i saw the ghost and i saw uh what's his name wedge antilles yeah wedge antilles was there <laughs> but but you know what like after that um it's the same way Every time I see The Last Jedi, I find something in that movie that makes me like it more. Oh, yeah, me too. Every yeah. time I watch Rise of Skywalker, it turns me off of it more and more where I'm thinking, why am I wasting my time? How How is it that you've created a product that will make me consider watching a Star Wars movie a waste of time. That is that is like not something I ever thought would happen years ago. I, I own all the Star Wars spin-off movies. 
and I own all of the Star Wars episodes except for that one. And that's sad that I won't even buy it. Even when it's on sale, I won't buy it. That, it that's just, that's what I'm saying. It's like, how could you make a Star Wars movie that I don't want to watch? I mean... Uh, yeah, again, we can have a whole podcast about that. <laughs> like all the mistakes that were made with Rise of the Skywalker. The more I think about it, it's just like, whatever. Uh, <laughs> so Moon Knight now, apparently in the comics, they killed Moon Knight off, or what's his name? Mark uh, Spector. Mark Spector, and now a black lesbian is Moon Knight. <laughs> Shocker. You is know she she's a black gonna, lesbian? I, yeah, I'm pretty sure she is. I don't know. I know it was a woman, but no, I, think I didn't realize. I, I heard she's lesbian too, so I didn't realize they went full for broke. <laughs> yeah, they had to hit. Yeah, I'm surprised she's not in a wheelchair. <laughs> you know? But uh, you, you know, she's going to be joining the MCU. That's uh, that's just. I, I I'd like to say I was surprised, but. I can't. I can't. I I can't even be outraged by it. Not that I'm a huge Moon Knight fan, but yeah, I'm like I can't even be popular. outraged by it because they've done this crap so many times. I mean, is that going to really make people buy comics more? I I honestly don't know. I don't think so. No. Look look how turning uh, Tim Drake gay worked out. It yeah, worked out for a whole eleven issues, and now the book is canceled. Yeah, yeah or, or Superman's son. Well, he's still around, but I, you know, he doesn't have his own book. I think he does. Is he still gay in it? I think. I think. I think so. I, I. I haven't. I haven't. I haven't read a DC book since uh, the Tim Drake situation. I have. I have. They. They've. They've killed DC for me with these conversions of characters so yeah i i haven't read a dc book and must be well over well over yeah, it, year. yeah it's sad because again every now and then they would have like you know like some kind of special event either marvel or dc and even if you didn't collect it you would kind of get into it you know like you normally didn't collect individual issues of like a character if it was good and you got good word of mouth you'd stop buying those issues or you would get the trade paperback when it was done and now it's like nope <laughs> you know there's nothing there yeah i mean mark wade is writing uh the newest world's finest series you know the batman superman team up book and i'm like I see it and I'm like tempted sometimes to read it. And I'm just like, yeah, you know what? I, I don't, I don't feel like looking at DC's crap. And that's a writer I used to follow from title to title to title when he was with Marvel. But I, I'm, I'm so sick of DC and their agenda and stuff that, I'm I'm done. I I just don't want to invest in my time in reading a book from them. I forgot. I was going to share something with you that I saw where uh, the recent Batman. I think like people at Wayne Enterprises are on strike, and 
uh, Bruce Wayne is is the bad guy, basically, where he doesn't want to settle the strike. You know, he wants people fired. He feels like, you know, they're they should be doing their job. I, and it, as far as I know, I mean, I thought from reading the solicitations um, that the Joker, like the last thing they had, like Joker War. And the Joker, you know, first found out Bruce Wayne is Batman and then went about destroying his life. Like he's bankrupt now. He's not a bill. He's not a millionaire anymore. Um, so you have a Batman who's forced to protect Gotham without a budget. Um, and like I said, uh, I, I was never a big fan of a poor Tony Stark. I, I'd be even less of a fan of a poor Batman. Yeah, no, I, I'm the same way. I was never a fan of Peter Parker sleeping in his car, you know. Yeah, exactly. You know, or even even when they had that shtick going on where, you know, he was he was scraping by to get money because, you know, he couldn't make web fluid. <laughs> like really that that's that's an ongoing thing that he was constantly running out of web fluid you know and falling because you know he was mid-swing like he's that inexperienced that spider-man that he doesn't know how much web fluid he has left it'd be funny if, if like somebody i'm so I, I bet people have thought about this is that that's the most recent south park special is that like uh, some of these teachers are not making enough enough money, so they started doing OnlyFans, and they're making ten thousand dollars a week. I could see like writers having the superheroes doing OnlyFans, you know, to supplement their income because it's expensive to make web fluid. You know, have Peter Parker do some uh, OnlyFans stuff, I make a lot of money. You know, I, I no. No, no, they, they got a clean house, you know. All, yeah, it, it it would have to be, yeah, you couldn't have OnlyFans. It would have to be a much cleaner alternative. No, I mean clean house, get rid of the writers. Um, oh, af absolutely. No, this is what happens, though. It's And we see this all the time, is that every generation changes. So, like, if you have one generation that had the conservative parents and they loved the America – the, the next generation, their kids hated America, you know, and they became woke and they became whatever. Now those kids are going to reject those woke parents and they're going to be a little more adventurous, you know, or more people, you know, hopefully people that we like, you know, that yeah, the problem is you got to wait around every 30 to 40 yeah. years for that to change. I mean, I've kind of given that's the whole thing. I've given up on all that stuff. It's like Marvel. I don't. I don't think we're going to see a good Marvel movie for a while. Even like this Deadpool movie. I think people will give it a pass because of Ryan Reynolds and Hugh Jackman. But uh, but I think all the cameos are just going to be too much that they have in it. And, no, uh, I, I'm 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 still sticking with they're going to play the the cameos for cheap gags. I hope so. I, I think I think that's what's going to be, and because that's that was my impression of a lot of first Deadpool, um, 
Well, I think that that's that, on that, the second. I don't think I've seen bits and pieces of the second Deadpool. I don't think I've ever watched the whole thing sitting down straight. Well, no, I, you know, it's funny. I, I I didn't like the second Deadpool when I first saw it, but then I picked it up. <laughs> you know me, I pick up everything. And I started to like it the more I watched it. I watched it a lot. And I'm like, this is actually pretty fun. Uh, you know, he's always good in the role. Um, and some of the characters are good. But, uh, and the, you know, in the first Deadpool, he shows up to the X-Men mansion and only Colossus and Nega Sonic War teenage. Right. They're, they're the only ones home or something, right? Yeah. And then in the second movie, he shows up again and he's he's looking for them. And uh, he, he's like, he goes, of course, there's no X-Men in there. And they're in, they're in another room. Like the whole cast of first class, they're in another room and they the door opens up and then they close it so that he doesn't see them, you know, but everybody there from the cast was there, which I thought was kind of funny. But now I think what's going to happen is, you know, again, he's going to break the fourth wall and he's going to say, he goes, I'm now a Disney employee. And now that I got Disney money, he goes, I can have all of the characters from the X-Men, you know, it wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. I think that's what he's going to do. Um, so uh, Marvel settled with Steve Ditko's estate. Yep. I, I, and we've talked about this before on the show too. I mean, I think it's terrible what happened to Steve Ditko, Jack Kirby, you know, but I, I don't, I don't really agree that their kids should still be making money off of their work. Um, it's still work for hire that their grandparents uh, did. Um, yeah, no, I agree. You know, I, it's like if if Kirby and Ditko were still alive, hell yes, they should get a bigger piece. They should get a piece of the pie. Um, but their grandkids, I I don't think I don't think that's right. I don't think they should be profiting from, you know talent of generations gone by i mean uh but to make their own money i guess i don't know well i think like even and i could be wrong but i i, I don't think that stan lee was really compensated well by disney you know um he probably got some money of course and he was in a, made a lot of cameos and all that and people loved him but it's also sad that he enjoyed that fame during like the last years of his life and that it, it didn't come earlier. Well, uh, I mean, it always, it always seemed, it always seemed to me, Stanley was just smarter um, and much more outgoing. He liked being in front of the cameras and opening his mouth and talking and getting attention. Supposedly Ditko and Kirby weren't like that, that they were quite happy to stay kind of in the background um so it's not surprising to me that stan lee always uh well made out better than they did yeah and i, I think he took a lot of risks too and, and i think that if it wasn't for the way stan had moved the company it would not have been as successful as it was so you got to give him credit for that too but it's not well, like i mean he does he does deserve credit but uh the other guys were I think no, it's I think much of a creative, creative yeah. 
force. If they not should definitely, they should be remembered. You know, they should be mentioned in the opening credits of a movie. Yeah, just like what happened with Bob Kane and Bill Finger. Like that was worse because that guy was never paid, and he and Bob Kane took all the credit for right. what he did. So, yeah, yeah I mean, giving giving them the uh, created byline, um, absolutely. You know, that that should be something they should get. And that's something that, like, any comic book fan should support, you know. But, you know, Stan Lee became editor-in-chief, so he was going to put it, Stan Lee Presents, on everything. Mm -hmm. Because he loved the attention. But he was a, you know, it's a good name, too, you know. Well, it's yeah. definitely better than Stan Lieber. Um, yeah. But... <laughs> You know, like I said, I just don't know when it comes to these these royalties that not is it royalties or royal royalties yeah, or royalties. royalties. Um royalties. like I said, I just don't I just don't know how much the descendants deserve. Um but now you know what? Doesn't matter. Now they don't have to work anymore. Yep. So good good for them, whether they deserve it or not, good for them. Yeah. A last story. So I, I had mentioned this to you. The Suicide Squad, uh, Kill the Justice League is a video game coming out. And uh, it got leaked that apparently in this game, you actually do kill this, the Justice League. And a lot of people aren't happy, especially due to the <clears throat> fact that Batman is voiced by Kevin Conroy. And he died. Did he die this year? It was the year before. I think he died last year. Maybe. But, you know, he's just, everybody loved him as the voice of Batman. Batman, he took, the animated series. When I, when I read Batman, his it's his voice I hear. Yeah, a lot of people feel that way. But this was his last role, and Harley Quinn shoots him in the head. And I, I've seen, like, a picture of it. And people are freaking out. They're like, no, this can't happen. This can't be his last uh, role. You know, it can't be done. You know, so what are your thoughts on that? Um, my thoughts on that, it has absolutely nothing to do with Kevin Conroy. There should never be something like that puts together where Batman gets shot in the head and killed or Wonder Woman gets chopped up, or Superman gets burned alive. It shouldn't be. Um, these characters are for escapism and brutal deaths for them. Um, that should be not something that Warner Brothers allows. Well, I think in this game, the Justice League are the bad guys, like they were infected by something and they became evil uh i could be wrong but I, I think that that's what the story is but i i also feel again you know they didn't know kevin conroy was going to die and he didn't know he was going to die you know it's just oh, a right, role true. yeah i mean but like i said i i don't just i can't condemn the game for their treatment of a recorded voice you know, that unfortunately some, the actor passed away, but um, no, I, I, 
for me, it's content I would condemn the game for, not because this, again, oh, this actor was, this is how people are going to remember this actor. Like, no, he's always going to be remembered for the animated series, not because he voiced Batman in a video game. No, yeah, again, this is another situation where people are using social media where they shouldn't. It, it's, again, it's none of your business, really. If you don't want to buy the game, don't buy the game, you know? Yeah, exactly. And and thank you very much for being offended on his behalf. Yeah. He's not around to be offended by it, so, you know. But you, but you can tell, uh, you know, the company that produced this game that you, you can't release it or you have to cut that part out. Exactly. Um, because I don't want to see it, <laughs> you know, it's like, who cares if you want to see it or not? This was the way the game was written. And, you know, it just, again, stuff like that annoys me. Yeah. Uh, and we all vote with our wallets. Yeah. And again, like, again, they, like we've seen this before too, where remember like uh, when they made ET and Steven Spielberg was like decided to like years later, he thought it was too violent and he replaced the guns with walkie talkies um and he he changed some of the words like terrorist or something like that uh where he, he changed the movie he made et cgi too oh did and, i didn't oh, realize yeah that. yeah it was a special edition and everybody hated it and then years later he came out and he apologized he said i should have never done it but you know we didn't tell him you can't do that you know we just as long as he gave us a choice you know it's like we could still get see the old ET, but this is a new version that he made, you know, with these crappy decisions that he put in there. Um, you know, it, oh. it's like like you said, you 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 vote with your wallet. If you don't want to buy that movie, no one's pointing a gun in your head saying that you have to. And it's the same thing with the game. If you want to buy it, you don't have to buy it, you know. But you can't tell somebody that they can't do it either. Well, um, like I said, my my point is from a comic book. Fan, a comic book reader um, who still sees, you know, I still see it as these are adolescent escapism. You know, I, I read it to relax, calm down, take my mind off of the other scary crap in the world. You know, that kind of brutality doesn't need to be in something that's supposed to be fantasy escapism. For character well, with characters you know, that you point. have a strong connection with. If there was a kid who saw that because his older brother thought it was cool, you know, that's that's still not appropriate material. It's still not appropriate use for these characters. And I like I said, I'm surprised Warner Brothers would sign off on that. But hey. Well, they signed off on Injustice, you know. And that was pretty bad for Superman. That was pretty, that was shockingly bad for Superman. Yes, correct. That's I could good. make it through the Injustice series. I mean, I I think I got the first trade and then I'm like, this just isn't for me. Uh, I know people out there love it, but it's not on my list of great things to read. Yeah, it's just, I think it's the, the whole, well, the game I liked. There were two of them. But I think like the, the comic book series, more shock value, you know, like where, doesn't like Shazam dies and I think Nightwing dies. Uh, you know, I think Damien kills Nightwing. And yeah, because, well, he hits him with a, 
with his uh, throwing stick and Nightwing hits his head on a rock, breaks his neck on a rock. And then Batman <laughs> hates Damien. <laughs> you know? But you know what? It, but again, that's all shock value. It's like. Right. That's what it, it has like some people coming back for, to the comic to see what shocking thing's going to happen next. Is Superman going to die in the next issue? You know, or is it going to be somebody worse than Superman? You know, I don't know. But whatever. I think we've been on long enough. Yeah, so, we've uh, been on long enough. Let's wrap this up. So, Jack, I mean, I thought the goal was we're going to do a short episode here, and now we're yeah, at the yeah. two and a half hour mark. Jack, can you tell everyone where they can find you? You can always send me email at jackm at wdwnt.com. Mike, it was good to hear from you for last week. Yeah, and if you want, you can send me. Yeah, no, you can send me. You know what I want to say? <laughs> you can send me a friend request on Facebook. Or you can send me an email at joe at wdwnt.com. Yeah, Mike, it was good to hear from you. And who else? Um, Joel. And, uh, oh, again, there's, there was a couple of people that sent me stuff. And again, I wanted to, excuse me, God bless you. They wanted to, you know, thank everybody for thinking of us, Chris and, uh, always Dan and Charlie and, you know, whoever else, you know, again, I, I don't think I, think I got in there but thanks again guys for you know the the nice emails that you sent and you know also if you want send us all emails we love hearing from you guys and you know if you want us to discuss something we will um and also i'm going to be on rusted i'm always on rusted junk well what are you watching this week well this is the end of our season so we, we watched scrooged and uh i hate that movie <laughs> I just don't like it, you know. It's uh, okay. <laughs> I'm not gonna say, you know, uh, Bill Murray. I could take him or leave him. So yeah, no, he, he's just too nasty in this movie too. He's very bitter. But I guess it's, that's what Scrooge has got to be. But I don't know. That's not a. That's not my go-to Christmas movie. I would. Yeah. No, I get it. I mean, for all hell, I still love Year Without a Santa Claus. So. Yeah, that's not really a. Uh, would you consider that a Santa Claus isn't a Christmas movie? Well, doesn't it take place like during the summer? No, it takes place at Christmas time. Santa has a cold and he doesn't want to go out. No, but it, but also like they. Oh no, they. Uh, yeah, they're in the south. That's why it's hot. South. South. Yeah, I should. Yeah, I should. I should know about that. No, classic. Anyway, this will be... I'm Jack McCarthy, and I'm signing off. <laughs> He's Joe Hogarty. Yeah. No, I am the heat miser. Good night as well. And you're the freeze miser. You're up in the north. I'm in the south. Yeah, oh, there you go. And uh, Fedra's Mother Nature. <laughs> <laughs> With that, this will be the end of WDWNT Nerd Alert Season 9, Episode 42. So until next time, see y'all. Good night, all. And stay good to each other. And yep. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas and Happy Hanukkah. And whatever else is out there. Whatever else you're celebrating, be happy. <laughs>